0: The following is a presentation of WCYT Sports.
1: with the rebound, the clock hits zero. The Spartans are state champions. They avenge the loss from two years ago and they'll take home a state championship. Hands it off to Grant Raver, going out of the 15, down to the 5, gets it in the end zone for Homestead. 15 yard run for Grant Raver gets hosted on the board. Trying to get inside, nothing there. Step back, open three. It's gone. Todd Curry knocks it down. Spartans win. Spartans win. On your dial at 91.1 FM and online at WCYT.org, it's time for the action of Homestead Spartan Athletics. Tonight is the night we've all been waiting for. It's Rivalry Week in the SAC and can only mean one thing at Homestead. It's Carol Week. And the Spartans look to play the role of spoiler by knocking their rivals out of conference contention while also extending their current six-year, seven-game winning streak against the Chargers. It's another huge one in the SAC as we hit the month of October, but one that's even bigger for bragging rights between these two rivals. Who comes out on top tonight? We'll find out in about three hours. It's 4-2 Homestead and 5-1 Carroll in week six of the SAC. And now, for you, start of the OPS pregame show, here's play-by-play broadcaster Brayden Carroll.
2: It is the first night of October, and we are live from Carroll Stadium in Huntertown, Indiana, where the Homestead Spartans have traveled up north to face off for the 49th time with the number 10 Carroll Chargers. Good evening, I'm Brayden Carroll, joined alongside Anthony Gary and Noah Johannings-Meyer. We're just about 45 minutes away from kickoff, and Anthony, you can just feel the energy of the game looming. Rivalry week in the
0: SAC. What else could you ask for? Everyone's excited to be here tonight.
2: Certainly a gigantic game. Homestead Carroll, it's always one of those games where you go close the whole city and everybody travel up to Carroll or travel down to Homestead. It's feeling like that kind of night tonight.
0: A showstopper. Everyone's coming to this game. I mean, Neon Nation is here representing Carroll in the blackout for the Homestead Spartans. Everybody's coming. Everybody's here to watch, and it is a
2: good matchup. And now let's begin with the OPS Spartan football pregame show. Last week, Homestead rolled over Northside at Chambers Field 49-7 with a big showing from the defense as they held Bronte Johnson, Donovan Williams, and the entire north side offense to just one touchdown.
0: And the defense really got the job done, especially in the red zone. Two goal line stands for the defense, both resulting in turnover fumbles gained by the Homestead defense. We'll see if they can turn out tonight. They played an incredible game on defense, and the offense really got the job done as well.
2: Yeah, you look at the game that the off- that the defense had, really all of the momentum that the offense built was based off of the defense's play Early in that game, and from there it was just homestead the rest of the way. Peyton Slavin he also stepped up big time against our side, throwing for 279 yards with four touchdowns and zero interceptions. After a little bit of a rough patch against Snyder and Lures. In the last few weeks, he's gotten himself right back into form.
0: And Peyton Slavin looked really comfortable against a really good offensive line last week. They got the job done. They gave him some time to relax and throw the ball more, take a couple shots downfield to Nate Anderson, which those went two for two on both of them. Slavin, no interceptions for the first time in a couple weeks. Just looked a lot more comfortable, more mobile at the quarterback position, and just looked like he was in for a redemption game after the Snyder loss.
2: Payne Slavin surely looking for a huge game tonight as well against rival Carroll. Carroll's section already filling up as we speak. Neon Nation building up that first section of seats that'll take us into the first break of the evening. Next up, Anthony Noah and myself take a look around the SAC.
3: Marco's Pizza. Located at 10345 Illinois Road, inside the shops of Scott Road. Marcos specializes in pizza, subs, and more. Order online at marcos.com or by phone at 625-6800. Thank you, Marcos, for supporting the Point 91 FM and being a proud sponsor of Homestead Media's athletics coverage.
4: And now, let's head back out to the stadium for more Homestead Spartan football, right here on the Point 91 FM.
3: It's
2: Week 7 in the SAC, and time to take a deeper look around the conference. From news regarding all of the conference
5: teams to a breakdown of each game taking place tonight, here are Brayden, Noah, and Anthony with tonight's Around the SAC.
2: And welcome to this week's Look Around the SAC. I'm Braden Carroll, joined alongside Noah Jill Hannesmeyer and Anthony Gary. It's rivalry week in the SAC, but let's look at last week first. First off, well these games not very interesting to look at if I'm gonna be honest with you Dwanger over Concordia 45 to 10 to start off the series of blowouts
6: yeah it was a nice win for Dwenger, being able to bounce back after that bad game against Carroll, and winning by five touchdowns nice to get nice to see them back on track and it's really it was a really good focus game for Dwanger as they Getting pretty easy
2: win over Concordia, and now they get to focus on their big opponent this week. Yeah, not really much to talk about with the dwinger Concordia game, and neither with this one. Lures over
6: Northrop, fifty six to zip. Yeah, that was not surprising at all. Lures has been a great team all season long, and their defense once again showing up and leading that sh- to that shutout.
0: And the defense has really shown up throughout the year. The offense has always been there from week one. The question was really is the defense going to show up and getting a
2: shutout win over Northrop really sends a message to the SAC. That 56 point shutout, the second biggest shutout in the conference this year, and the first biggest shutout was Carroll over Southside, 59 to nothing.
6: Yeah, and it was overall just what a great start by the Carroll offense getting up by five touchdowns in the first quarter. They just played great all night long. And their defense, they've been surprisingly good all season long. And, Carroll, they've proved themselves to be
0: an elite offense. Everybody knows that led by Jeff Becker. But their defense has really shown up. That was another defense that was going to be in question on whether or not the defense can play at the same level as the offense. And a shutout win, even if it is against Southside,
6: is a big deal.
2: And then Snyder over Wayne, 42-6. to
6: yeah, Snyder able to get this nice win and stay at top of that or stay in the race for the SAC title. And that's really what all this all this game
0: was about was proving that they're still in the race for the SAC title, and they
2: really proved that. And finally, homestead over Northside, 49 7. Big
6: performance by the Spartans. Yeah, the Spartans offense looked unstoppable all night long. The defense made a couple game changing goal line stands that really led to this blowout victory over Northside. And Homestead, like all these other teams, really
0: prove why they are a top five team in the SAC. It was really a drop off between the top five and the
2: in the bottom five, which we really saw this week. Yeah, you know, a lot of blowouts in last week. Combined, the losing teams only put up 23 points. That's got to be a that's got to be an all time low in the Summit Athletic Conference for one week of play. But let's move on. And guys, let's do some quick SAC player awards as the season starts to wind down. First off, and this one might as well be unanimous, who is your MVP? Carson Clark is the MVP,
0: and I don't think it's close. He has 1534 passing yards this year, eight passing touchdowns, and he's really proved he has D1 talent, has led this Bishop Lures offense behind a questionably
6: sized offensive line. There's nothing he hasn't been able to do this year. I completely agree with you, Anthony. Carson Clark leading the Lures to the undefeated record right now and possibly the SAC title when it all comes to an end.
2: Yeah, there isn't really much of a debate here. Carson Clark, even better than he was last year, which which was a whole entirely different player. You could say last year was MVP. This year he's doing even better, so have to go with him. And let's go with our Offensive Player of the Year. I've got Jameson Coverstone from
0: Carroll. He's proved himself to be the best wide receiver in the conference. Arguably, it's either him or Nate Anderson. Averaging 22.7 yards a game, or sorry, receiving yards, and then 108.3 receiving yards a game and 10 touchdowns. That's an incredible stat line.
6: i got to go with Tyrese Brown averaging just under 10 yards of carry being able to just lead that snyder offense to victories at game in and game out being a workhorse all season long for the panthers i gotta go with tyrese brown for offensive player of the year
2: for offensive player of the year
6: i'm gonna hand
2: it to the big hefties and i'm gonna go with demon moore dj moore at snyder that team that running back Tyrese Brown. He's been so good this year and you can accredit a whole lot of that success to his O-line and the center of that O-line. The centerpiece of that offense is Demon Moore. He has been fantastic this year. If you just watch him, the amount of pancake blocks he gets, it's like he goes straight to IHOP before every single game. I gotta give it to DJ Moore.
6: Yeah, I can't even really disagree with you there. He, he was getting holes wide open every single play. But I just think Tyrese Brown, able, or able to break tackles and run downhill, that ability just has helped the Panthers so much, and I think that's why he's Offensive Player of the Year. And if you look at any game
0: that Snyder plays, you'll know that the tandem between Tyrese Brown and Demon Moore is really there. Tyrese Brown runs more than 60% of his runs out to Demon Moore's side, and there's a reason for that. I think Demon Moore's a great pick for Offensive Player of the Year as well. How about our Defensive Player of the Year? For my Defensive Player of the Year, I think I'm going to go with Avant Rogers out of Wayne. He's a pretty small name in the conference considering he plays for the Wayne Generals, but he's really led that defense this year. He has 51 total tackles, 33 of those being solo tackles. Not many people talk about him, but he's all over the
6: defense. I gotta go with Evan Linker, out of Lures, forty-five total tackles on the season, tied for second in the SAC, and we know the big play that he had this year that got them that win over Homestead that has them at the top of the SAC right now.
2: I'm gonna go with Tucker Steely out of Carroll. He has been fantastic this year, with thirty tackles, twelve tackles for loss, five forced fumbles. I don't even know how you get five forced fumbles at this point in the season, and four sacks. He's been a masterpiece outside linebacker. Very tough to go up against. And hey, Homestead plays this this stud today. It's going to be tough because I have him as the Defensive Player of the Year in the conference. Now how about our Special Teamer of the Year? The Special
0: Teamer of the Year, I have Joe Bolanda out of Bishop Dwanger. He hasn't missed a field goal all season long. He hasn't missed... Uh, P.A.T. all season long and his kickoff yards leads the conference
6: For special teamer of the year I have Bronte Johnson out of Northside returning kicks all season long and giving Northside great field position and just completely changing the momentum of games
2: For special teamer of the year I have Braden Steely, I have the Steely brothers for defensive and special teamer of the year, he has two returns only this season but two touchdowns, I I don't know how you do that. That that is insane that you have two returns, two touchdowns, 173 yards, 86.5 yards per return. I'm going with, with Braden Steele here. And finally, how about our
0: underclassman of the year? And this should be unanimous. Bronte Johnson ranked as the best sophomore wide receiver in the state, seventh best sophomore wide receiver in the country. There's no question he's the best underclassman in the SAC.
6: Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you here. He's been playing great all year long, and it is definitely Bronte Johnson. But I just want to give a special shout-out to Leontay Hinton on Northrop. He is a great player, an absolute beast defensive lineman, and if Tay wasn't such a great player, it would be Hinton.
2: I'm going with Tay here, too, and I'm actually going to do a little shout-out as well to Justin Anderson, another outside linebacker on the opposite side of the field for Carroll. 13 tackles and a pick-six this year. That's a pretty solid start for just a sophomore.
0: And Bronte Johnson, news about him. He's also received an offer from Iowa State, so that should tell you just enough about why he's the best underclassman
2: in the SAC. Yeah, just a sophomore getting a Power 5 scholarship, that does not happen often, especially in players out of the state of Indiana. So that's huge for Bronte Johnson.
6: Yeah, he even got a D1 Power 5 offer as a freshman, getting one from Purdue last year
2: certainly just a fantastic player. That's why he's arguably the special teamer of the year and pretty much unanimously, at least among us unanimously, the underclassman of the year. And now it's time to take a look at the remaining four games in the SAC's rivalry week. Of course, we won't talk about Humpstead Carroll. We'll talk about the other four games, though. First off, Lures, Dwayne, or Battle of the Bishops, and Lures looking to stay undefeated. There's nothing this lure team has left to prove
0: to me, prove that they're the best team in the conference, the best team in 2A, and one of the best teams overall in the state. Give me Lures by 14. If you asked me this two weeks ago, I would have said, Dwanger has a real good shot at this, but Lures they've proved themselves.
6: Yeah, Dwanger the past couple of weeks hasn't looked too good. They did just get that nice win last week over Concordia, but I don't think they're going to be able to do much against this Lures team. Lures' offense is just going to be absolutely unstoppable tonight, and I think they're going to be able to get this win.
2: Yeah, really that 3-0 start for Dwenger has kind of turned into a scene of smokes and mirrors where they've suddenly completely changed into this team that's no longer a contender in the SAC and is now just vying for some good position heading into the 5A state tournament. I'm going to go with Lures here. They've been one well, of the best teams that I've personally ever seen in high school, beating 6A schools left and right as a 2A. They have an easy path to the state title, and I think that this is also an easy win for them over their rival Bishop Dwenger. And now Northrop Snyder. Snyder needs a win to stay in the hunt for the SAC crown, and Northrup's well, they're a feisty team looking for an upset. It's a rivalry game. I understand anything can happen, but Snyder has
0: played phenomenal football so far, and they have this target on Lewers' back. They know that they have to win their games and beat Lewers if they want to win the SAC, and you know that's their goal. I'm taking Snyder tonight.
6: Because of how physically dominant Snyder is on the offensive line and in the run game overall, it's just so hard for any team to be able to upset them that's in the bottom half of the SAC, and I don't think Northrop will be able to, but I think they'll be able to keep it close. They have guys who can make big plays like Dane Kilby or C.J. Davis.
2: Northrup, I, I think they have a chance to make it close as well. Snyder against Homestead, they kind of looked like a good old Brian Kelly nerd Dame team where they don't put up much points, play nice and methodical. I think that that's how Snyder is going to go into this game, especially when they know they have the edge over Northrup. I think they'll keep it close, but in the end, Snyder, I think they're going to get a pretty solid win here. And how about Northside-Southside? The totem pole game between two teams... Just waiting for the playoffs to start. Uh,
0: I think I'm going to take Northside in this. It is a very interesting matchup as they are arguably the two bottom teams in the SAC. But I think the game plan for Northside is just going to be Bronte Johnson, Bronte Johnson, Bronte Johnson. And that's all you really need to get past the Southside Archers.
6: Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you here. Northside is going to be able to win this game and Bronte Johnson is going to be the key to victory.
2: I'm going to go with Northside here. Got a little bit of a entrance into the studio there. I apologize for that. But hey, Northside, they've looked like the better team. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Legends here. I think that they keep the totem pole out there at Chambers Field. And finally, Concordia Wayne. Concordia eyeing a big performance from Eli Maddox on a struggling Wayne defense. And Eli Maddox, he's really gotten into the swing of things
0: after a struggle to start the year off. Now he's ranked fourth in the SAC in passing yards. I think Eli Maddox, he'll be able to move slow and methodical against Wayne and get the win.
6: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you here. I think Concordia will be able to get this win. And I think it'll be an easy win. I think they'll win by three or more touchdowns. I think it'll be like week one against Southside. You know what, Noah? I'm going to go with an upset here. Give me Wayne over
2: Concordia. I think that they can capitalize against a quarterback who this year hasn't looked very accurate, has been throwing a lot of of pointless interceptions here and there. I think Wayne, they have a legit shot, and I think that they get a touchdown win over the Cadets.
6: I mean, I completely agree. They have a shot in this game. I just think Concordia is going to be able to, go out there and play one of their best games of the season and get this win pretty handily. I mean, both of these teams' only wins right now are against the Southside Archers. And I think this is going to be one of those games where
0: Wayne, you look at the score in the third quarter and you see Wayne's up 16-10, to and then you look at the end of the fourth and it just says Concordia wins by a touchdown. I think Wayne controls the game at the start, but they can't bring it to the house.
2: I, d- I disagree with you guys both. I'm going to go with Wayne. This is my upset pick. I haven't done many upsets this season so far. Noah, you notoriously did an upset for Lures. Concordia over Lures. Uh, that did not turn out well. I'm hoping well, I do a little well, better. I picked
6: against Lures like three weeks in a row, thinking that maybe they would slip once, but I'm not going to pick against them again for the rest of the year because they proved to me that they are a complete all-around team.
2: They didn't prove to you that they could beat Concordia?
6: That was just an upset pick. I thought Eli Maddox could possibly go out there and play a great game, but he's not a, he was not able to get out there and upset Lures. Lures is just too good all around. I just wanna clarify,
2: that game was like a forty point win for Lures. I've I've had some bad predictions too. I mean remember when I said Northside would beat Carroll, and then Carroll beat them forty to nothing? So I I'm on your boat. I've felt that before, but jeez, you know. <laughs> and that'll take us to the end of this week's episode of Around the SAC. We will return to the pregame show after these short messages. This is WCYT Spartan Football.
3: Casa Italian Restaurants with four Fort Wayne locations. West Jefferson Boulevard, DuPont Road, Parnell Avenue, and Stellhorn Road. Featuring their Casa Borough Salad, brick oven pizzas, and over 30 pasta selections. Dine in or carry out available, or let Casa cater your next special occasion. Menus and information at CasaRestaurants.com. Casa Italian Restaurant, a proud sponsor of
4: Homestead Media. And now, let's head back out to the stadium for more Homestead Spartan football, right here on the Point 91FM.
2: Welcome back to the OPS Spartan Football pregame show. I'm Brent Carroll, joined alongside Anthony Gary and sideline reporter Noah Jill Hennings meyer about 25 minutes from kickoff of tonight's matchup between Homestead and Carroll. And if you're listening on WCYT.com, that is currently the only place to listen to this broadcast. As 91.1 FM, our radio station is currently offline, so we will only be on WCYT.com. And let's move on with the rest of the OPS pregame show. Homestead, they've been missing starting running back and cornerback Des Smith Jr. for the last three weeks. But now they finally have the two-way senior back. However, he's only going to be playing running back tonight. Will be limited at the cornerback position unless absolutely needed. After that high ankle sprain against Lures, he's back. And the team pretty much at 100% for this big game now. And this is so big
0: for Homestead. Brett Fox did an incredible job while Dead Smith Jr. was out at running back. But the question was, Homestead had a weakness, missing strength at that running back position. Brett Fox, only 5'10", 150 pounds, couldn't really go up the middle as well as Dead Smith Jr. can. But getting him back tonight is going to be astronomically different for the Spartans running the football. Because now it opens up a threat with the running back position going up the middle and going around south
2: the amount of power that Desmith Jr. brings compared to the rest of the running backs in the RB room at Homestead—just the kind of impact that he can bring on that offense—it's huge for this team. And he's
0: only five foot seven, but 160 pounds. He's three inches shorter than Brett Fox, but weighing 10 pounds more than him, that. People don't understand how much that is, and he's sheer muscle too. Is he's a bulldozer, even though he'll only being five seven.
2: And today, Homestead, they face one of the finest teams in the Summit Athletic Conference in Carroll. Just one loss this season to Bishop Dwinger. Week one, and they've been deadly ever since. Second most productive offense and the most productive defense in the conference. Homestead, they have their work cut out for them tonight. The
0: defense was going to be the question for Carroll entering the season. Could they perform as well as the offense? And boy, have they turned it on their efficiency on defense has just been incredible. Just stopping teams short from scoring a lot of points. They did against Snyder and really showed up in that game as well, winning that one. And the offense, I mean, we knew it was going to be great going into the season, but we had no idea who was going to be this great. The plays between Coverstone and Jeff Becker, it's just incredible to watch those two work together.
2: Yeah, this defense right now is at two shutouts this season, and their last four games, all of them above forty points. This entire team—it's been one perfectly functioning unit these last four re- weeks, really since the Lures game. For this team, they had two close games: week one and two beat Lures, or lost to Lures, and then beat Snyder by one point with a backup quarterback. Really, this Carroll team, it's very hard to find flaws in them. It is
0: very hard to find flaws, and they, they are well-sized on the lines too as well. That's something that Homestead's been able to take advantage of in the past few games, but they will not be able to take advantage against the Chargers.
2: And I've got to tell you, Anthony, the atmosphere here at Carroll's new stadium It's electric, both stands filling to the brim as we speak. The Homestead student section over there, a little smaller right now than Carroll's, but they're starting to build it up a little bit. I'll tell you, 49 meetings and it never gets old between these two. And they are the peak
0: rivalry of Fort Wayne. Both pretty large schools, over 2,000 students. At each school, they've had a rivalry back and forth. And across all sports, it seems to be you never know who's going to come away with the win. Homestead and Carroll always so competitive with one another. Even last year in basketball, when you had an undefeated Homestead Spartans team going against an off-year for Carroll basketball, they made it a game, and it was a five-point game. Just the rivalry between these two teams is indescribable.
2: And heading into the year, both these teams, you knew that they'd be good. Number 10, Carroll. Number 16, Homestead in the max preps preseason top 25. Both of them, the only two 6A schools in Fort Wayne. They always step up to the occasion. They always head into this game with a lot of momentum. You don't often see a below 500 Homestead team or a below 500 Carroll team in this matchup. In the last recent couple years with Coach Dynan and Coach Zolman, just... The amount of prestige and success between these two schools just makes it an even bigger battle. And we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. Next up, a one-on-one interview with Coach Zolman ahead of tonight's game. Homestead Carroll, the big rivalry. This is WCYT Spartan Football.
3: Marco's Pizza. Located at 10345 Illinois Road, inside the shops of Scott Road. Marcos specializes in pizza, subs, and more. Order online at marcos.com or by phone at 625-6800. Thank you, Marcos, for supporting the Point 91 FM and being a proud sponsor of Homestead Media's athletics coverage.
4: And now, let's head back out to the stadium for more Homestead Spartan football, right here on the Point 91 FM.
2: And welcome back to the OPS Spartan Football pregame show. I'm Brayden Carroll, and now joined by Homestead football head coach Chad Zolman. And coach, last week was a dominant win over Northside, 49-7, and it wasn't close after that first quarter. Domination really on both sides of the field, but what stood out to you specifically from the team?
7: Uh, You know, we got some key turnovers. I think they drove down inside the red zone twice and we were able to uh, cause a turnover and and turn the ball over. And then I think from each possession, we were able to march back down the field and score. So I think that was kind of the turning point of that first half. And once we got rolling, I think, uh, uh, you know, we we did we did a pretty good job on both sides of the ball.
2: And a key moment in that first half was. When Homestead has six point lead in Northside, they were moving the ball down the field and then your team came up with a huge goal line stand and actually forced a turnover on fourth down. It seemed to really demoralize the legends and the Spartans never looked back after that. I think a thing being overlooked with Homestead this year is the improvement of the defense since that Lures game. How happy are you with the way the defense is playing right now?
7: You know, they're they're coming on. I wish we would start a little faster. It seems like we still, uh, it takes a while to get the engine going. But uh, f- overall, uh, we've got some athleticism. I think we've got some kids that are uh, pretty good up front. And I think uh, they're physical and, and they're, they've been playing pretty fundamental. So um, that, that's that's all a good thing at this point in the year.
2: And penalties have been kind of an issue in recent games, whether it be in-game, like holding or false starts or extracurricular-type penalties after the plays. But last week, those penalties were really far in between. Has there been a focus in the last few weeks on limiting those kind of penalties that have proven costly before?
7: Yeah. You know, those things uh, can continue drives if you're on defense, and they can stall drives when you're on offense. And so... Those are things that we can control. Those mental errors and things like that. So we have been emphasizing that, trying to cle- play cleaner games as we as we get along here and towards the second or the, yeah towards our second season, I guess uh, that's what we're headed for. So um, it has been a point of emphasis for sure.
2: Once again, I'm joined in the studio with Homestead football coach Chad Zolman and the opponent opponent this week, Carol is another tough SAC team. Their only loss this season came week one to Lures, and since then they've looked really impressive, even getting a win over Snyder without star quarterback Jeff Becker. What has the preparation been like this week in practice, preparing for not only a productive defense, but also one of the best offenses in the conference?
7: Well, on film, we think this is the best Carroll Carroll team they've had in a long time. uh, They're impressive on both sides of the ball, like you mentioned, so uh, we're going to have to play really well to be successful. I think uh, they're playing their best football th- right now. And, and uh, if you watch film on them and, and watch them play, they're they're an impressive group.
2: And this week playing Carroll, it's almost like every single year it's a close up the whole city and go to wherever Carroll Homestead is. And what does this game really mean to you and your team when they strap up and face that team up north?
7: It's, you know, as a young kid, I don't. If you're a football player, you dream about playing in a big game, you know, and uh, one that's gonna uh, be intense, and and uh, uh, every little mistake or every little great play, every play is gonna matter, and you know, you want those games, and you want to be a part of those games. So, when we're approaching it this week, I think our kids know that that's that what that's what this this game is, and so it's a privilege to be in this point and to be in a big game like this. And so I I hope they're going to be amped up and ready to, ready to fly around a little bit. And with
2: this game comes a loud crowd from both schools. Homestead last time they played at Carroll filled that East side bleachers past capacity and Carroll's student section will surely show up in numbers to the new stadium as well. How much of an impact are you expecting noise to be tonight? And have you gotten Slavin and the rest of the offense to be prepared for that noise level?
7: Yeah, I, you know, we can muddle huddle and so we can we don't have to bark out signals and things like that. So we're prepared for it. we th- You know, the snap counts the issue, but uh, we've we've worked on that and making sure that uh, our, our center can hear us. And so I don't think it'll be an issue.
2: <clears throat> Once again, I'm joined in the studio with Homestead football coach Chad Zolman. Having Desmith Jr. back this week is huge for Homestead. He's a vocal leader on the team as a two way playing senior. What has the team missed without him on the field in the last few weeks that everyone is going to appreciate having back?
7: Well, uh, as a running back, he's got some explosiveness that, uh, you know, he brings to the table. He's just a, a little more speed at, at the point of attack and. I think that's what you'll notice the most in the running game. We're kind of, we're probably going to keep him off of defense tonight, just be, because he's just coming off that injury, and uh, so he'll be a, more of an offensive emphasis for us. But uh, that's that's what we're looking for, and uh, maybe a little more explosive in the rain game, run game, excuse me.
2: And finally, coach, what are some keys to defeating the Chargers on their home turf in this 49th ninth meeting?
7: Well, like I said, they're outstanding. I think their offense is. Centered completely around their quarterback. Uh, he's the best running back they've got. He's the best thrower they've got. He's uh, makes something out of nothing when there's no play. He can gain some yards, and uh, so everything kind of we have to contain the things that he does well. And uh, they have tremendous receiving core that we have to keep in front of us and not give the, give up a big ga- big gainers. And uh, running game is solid. Uh, so uh, offensively, they're a handful. And on defense. Like I said, I think this might be one of their best defensive groups that they've had in a long time. And um, they're tall and and lanky up front. They've got some speed and in, in the backfield, and uh, they've got some good good linebackers. So uh, they're kicking games good. They're they're good all around. You know, they might be the best team we've seen on film this year.
2: Thanks for joining me in the studio, Coach. Good luck on tonight's game. Thank you. And we will return with more of the OPS Spartan Football pregame show after these short messages.
3: Marcos Pizza, located at 10345 Illinois Road, inside the shops of Scott Road. Marcos specializes in pizza, subs, and more. Order online at marcos.com or by phone at 625-6800. Thank you, Marcos, for supporting the Point 91 FM and being a proud sponsor of Homestead Media's athletics coverage.
4: And now, let's head back out to the stadium for more Homestead Spartan football, right here on the Point 91 FM.
0: I'm here with Homestead junior quarterback Peyton Slavin for this week's OPS pregame show interview. And Peyton, last week you had a good bounce back win against Northside after a tough loss to the Snyder Panthers. What did the offense do right and what do you guys fix to come back and win
8: 49-7? to I think this week we really just focused on, you know, motivating our teammates and be, be able to come back from a loss like last week. Uh, losing definitely sucks, but I, you know, you got to scratch it and move on to the next week. And tonight, your opponent is the Carroll Chargers, who come into the game five
0: and one, which still puts them in the SAC race to win the title. Carroll's obviously the rival of Homestead, but how did the SAC standings really play into effect and bring an emphasis on this game?
8: Uh, you know, Carroll always has a good team. They always got dudes on their team, and it's going to be a really good game. And I think if we really just stick together and together and I think we can knock them out. And Peyton how fun has it been being the
0: quarterback as only a junior and playing in one of the biggest and most
8: competitive conferences in the state and playing tough competition almost every week. Uh, it's a blast I mean I come out every night and with a big smile on my face I run out of the locker room with all the guys and it's really just something that you really can't explain uh, with all the guys around me it just makes every week at practice just every just so fun. It's pretty exciting in this week's
0: Going to be exciting. Last year against Carroll Homestead won a high-scoring game, seventy to forty-one. This is a completely different matchup than it was a year ago. But what can the Spartans do to repeat the success of last year?
8: Uh, we really just got to stick together. I mean, if we get down after a bad play, I think it, it's really going to come on to us that we need to help each other out, pick each other up after one. And um, they they got a completely new defense, so I mean, I guess we just got to pick them apart where we can and when we can. And once again for everyone just joining I'm here with Homestead junior
0: quarterback Peyton Slaven on the Optimum Performance pregame show and focusing less on the Spartans and more on yourself individually how did you originally get into football
8: and bring you to where you are at right now uh, I started in pal I've I've always really loved love playing baseball I always I played baseball when I was younger too but I quit that really for football as I've grown up I've learned so much with my dad and you know we've always just Went out to the field and just practice. Even after practice, it's it's been a grind over these past few years. But I mean, to get where I'm at now, it's there's there's been a lot of lot of practice to it. And Peyton, with you being a junior and now starting as
0: a junior at the quarterback position, do you have any plans to play football after high
8: school? Bring your academic and athletic career to the college level? Absolutely. I mean, my dream is to play college. I mean, it doesn't really matter where it is. You know, D3 is. You know, always a goal. I mean, I just want to make my parents proud and, you know, show that all the hard work that I've I've done is paid off and all the money that they spent on me through camps and training has, you know, really proved them. Peyton, what are the keys to finding success tonight against
0: Carroll? You've already brought up a couple picking apart their defense. But in this big rivalry game, Anything can happen. What's going to be one thing that really stands out that Homestead has to do?
8: Uh, I think we really just got to stick together. I mean, after a bad play, we got to pick each other up. Um, you know, they're a really they're a really big big rivalry to us, and you know, it's 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 always a fight when we play them, and especially playing there at their new stadium. I really just want to break it in for them. And you've already played on the road in against
0: a loud Bishop Dwenger crowd, but nothing's going to compare to tonight, like you said, in the new stadium. How are you planning on adjusting to the pressure and nerves of being in this uber-important game?
8: Uh, it really just comes down to knocking out the noise and just playing our game. It, you know, It's just another Friday night game to us. and you know It doesn't matter who we play. We start every week 0-0, and it doesn't really matter who we play. It, you come out with the same mentality. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I'm good. All right, thanks, Peyton, and best of luck
0: to you tonight. Thank you. We'll be back with more of the OPS pregame show leading up to kickoff of tonight's Week 7 matchup versus the Carroll Chargers. You're listening to Homestead Spartan Football on 91.1 FM, a production of Homestead Media.
3: Casa Italian Restaurants, with four Fort Wayne locations, West Jefferson Boulevard, DuPont Road, Parnell Avenue, and Stellhorn Road. Featuring their Casa Borough salad, brick oven pizzas, and over 30 pasta selections. Dine-in or carry-out available, or let Casa cater your next special occasion. Menus and information at casarestaurants.com. Casa Italian Restaurant, a proud sponsor of Homestead Media. And now, let's head back out to the stadium for more
4: Homestead Spartan football, right here on the Point 91 FM.
2: And welcome back to the OPS Spartan football pregame show ahead of tonight's week six matchup between the Carroll Chargers and the visiting Homestead Spartans. I'm Brian Carroll, joined by Anthony Gary and sideline reporter Noah johannes Myers. as we get closer and closer to the seven o'clock kickoff of tonight's game. And Anthony, not only is this a big matchup overall, but it's a huge showdown between the number two and number three offenses in the conference. Becker and Caverstone versus Slavin and Anderson. It's going to be a shootout.
0: And these quarterback wide receiver duos are going to be phenomenal to watch tonight. Anderson and Slavin have already proven themselves to be maybe the best duo in the conference. Those deep routes Nate Anderson excels at and Slavin can get the ball there with his strong arm. Becker and Caverstone, on the other hand, are some a force to be reckoned with. Those two are, they work so well together, and you can see with Coverstone averaging 21.73 yards a reception. Those deep routes, too, are
2: another thing to watch. Both, it's going to be a lot of deep routes tonight. Yeah, Coverstone, he has been deadly all season long. That game where. Carroll didn't have Jeff Becker. Stone went for over 220 yards receiving against Snyder. That is just a tough tandem to go against when Becker is playing especially. And tonight is such an important night in the conference. First off is our game as Carroll. They're in major contention for the SAC title. But elsewhere, it's Wenger-Lewers. That's a huge test for a Bishop-Lewers team that's eyeing in on an outright claim to the belt.
0: In Bishop-Lewers, they look like the better team, but something everyone has to remember is that it's a rivalry matchup, and anything can happen. Bishop-Dwanger has controlled that set of the rivalry the past couple of years, and so it's going to be tough for bishop Blues to go in
2: to Bishop-Dwanger and get the win. Battle of the Bishops, always a big game. We'll keep you in check with the scores of that game at halftime and in the postgame show priority is of course going to be this game we're going to take one last break when we come back we will check in with no johannes meyer on the sideline and discuss our keys to the game right before kickoff homestead carroll on wcyt spartan football
3: marco's pizza located at 10345 illinois road inside the shops of scott road marco specializes in pizza subs and more Order online at marcos.com or by phone at 625-6800. Thank you, Marcos, for supporting the Point 91 FM and being a proud sponsor of Homestead Media's athletics coverage. The Point is WCYT 91.1 Lafayette Township, Fort Wayne. A broadcast service of Homestead High School. Presented by Homestead Media Online at WCYT.org. The Point 91 FM, where music is the point.
1: Manchester University. Offering more than 70 areas of study, including the health sciences, accounting, business, teacher education, and the arts. Student athletes compete in 20 NCAA sports for men and women, and co curricular activities include esports, marching band, and other musical ensembles. Learn more at manchester.edu.
3: Support for Homestead High School athletics comes from Jason Corner, CFP, your Edward Jones Financial Advisor, at 7329 West Jefferson Boulevard. For more information, visit EdwardJones.com. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Moe's Southwest Grill. Located at 6739 West Jefferson Boulevard, next to Dunkin' Donuts, Baskin Robbins. Specializing in Southwestern foods like burritos, tacos, and nachos. For full menus use and to order online, go to moes.com. Mo's Southwest Grill, a proud sponsor of Homestead Media. And now, let's head back out to the stadium for
4: more Homestead Spartan football, right here on the Point 91FM.
2: And welcome back to the WCYT Spartan Football Pregame Show on WCYT.org as we are just moments away from kickoff of Homestead Carroll as the Chargers take the field ahead of this game. I'm Brayden Carroll joined by Anthony Gary and Noah Johansmeier who is here to give us his keys to the game for both Homestead and Carroll.
6: And I'm going to start with the Carroll offense. And for the Carroll offense, they need to be able to make big plays and use Coverstone and get a lead early on in this game. For the Homestead offense, they need to get the run game to be efficient and need big plays, which we did not see two weeks ago against Snyder. They were not able to get those big connections from Peyton Slavin to Nate Anderson. And on the defense for the Spartans, they need to force turnovers. Becker has not had 19 touchdowns and four turnovers overall on the year. Can't let that ratio continue into this game game and for the Carroll defense force at three and out early on and get the swagger going for that Carroll def- Charger defense
2: thank you Noah and certainly getting that strong start will be huge against homestead we saw Snyder do that where they took a commanding 14 point lead early in that game and from there it was all Snyder and then lures did that too they had a 14 point lead at half really if you can get that strong start against the Spartans as long as you don't completely collapse you are in prime position to take a win and it looks like this
0: homestead team really strives off of momentum but they it's also their enemy when they lose momentum you can tell in that bishop lures game when they were when lures got their first defensive stop got the first overall defensive stop of the game the offense seemed to shut off until halftime and the defense couldn't do much and same same thing with the snyder game when homestead would turn the ball over it looks like their defense would let down but man when Homestead a and they have the momentum, they can do everything with it.
2: And I'll tell you, Anthony, this environment—it is crazy here at Carroll. We knew heading into this that the crowd was going to be loud and proud, but I'll tell you, the student section over in Car- over in Homestead side, I should say, looks like they filled almost an entire section. Starting to head into the next one, the Neon Nation taking over their student section. Certainly both schools showed up to the occasion. And you're seeing some things at this homestead carroll game that you could only see
0: at Homestead versus Carroll. We have first day of October. Got some pink out for breast cancer awareness. The cheerleaders with the pink pom-poms. Homestead players with pink casts with spraying wrists. And just... I mean, it's an environment here. It's there's a culture about Homestead versus Carroll. There's a lot of hatred, but it's also friendly at the same time. They both schools a lot of respect for one another, as much, although it doesn't look like it, you know, with everything else that goes down on the field.
2: Certainly, a lot of respect during the off season, but and even during the season. But once Carroll week comes around, or for Carroll, once Homestead week comes around. Things start to get you know, a, little, a little unfriendly, you could say. And
0: you'll see it out on the field tonight. I'm sure you'll hear a couple times where things get, quote, chippy between the players. A couple guys getting each other's face. Passionate players on both sides that want nothing more but to beat the other team.
2: And the coin toss announced Carroll has elected to receive. Holmes will get the ball in the second half. Kurt Dixon preparing to kick things off. He'll be kicking left to right. Carroll... We'll start off the first quarter moving right to left. And the environment starting to get even louder here at Carroll High School.
0: And this new stadium especially is built for this game and this game's particular. Two years ago, Homestead versus Carroll, it was the game to watch the the SAC title game, presumably. And Homestead, they showed up to that game, breaking the guest attendance record by miles and you know what, and Carroll definitely thought you know what, we'll build this new stadium for the next time we meet up and maybe be able to hold this Homestead crowd a little bit more
2: Carroll preparing to return the returners back deep for Carroll Jameson, Coverstone Breeden-Steely and Jorge Valdez back there
0: and this first drive for Carroll is going to be so important can they shoot down Homestead's momentum can they quiet the Spartan crowd
2: Things getting ready to start up. Dixon lining up for the kickoff. Twelve minutes on the clock in the first quarter. Homestead Carroll ready to go. No wind taken by Braden Staley at about the 15. Up to the 20. To the right hash. Sheds a tackle and knocked down at about the 30-yard line. Got tripped up. In the middle of the return, no Carter, Carter Coob making the tackle, and here comes that famed Carroll offense. And
0: Carter Coob laying out a big initial hit on Huntley, and now Carroll's offense coming into the game. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a pretty cool showdown to watch, I'll say. Coverstone and Becker out there working together.
2: First and ten at the 30-yard line for Carroll. Two wide receivers to the right, one to the left. Becker in the gun. Homestead showing blitz. Shotgun snap. Becker drops back, looking right. Throw almost intercepted by Carter Coob at the 45, but in and out of the hands. Second and ten again for Carroll, but, man, Homestead really had an opportunity there.
0: Coob really wanted
2: that pass. Just laid out the big hit on special teams, almost getting the pick. It's the pass deflection instead. Second and ten at the 30. A little bit of a hurry-up offense here for Carroll. Two wide receivers to the left. Ryan back behind Becker in the gun. Shotgun snap, play action. Becker, pressure coming, steps it up into the pocket, and wrapped up. Max Schiltz making the sack at about the 19. They'll say the 20-yard line. Huge sack. Max Schiltz getting the defense electrified. Max
0: Schiltz and Edmund Person, the two Two big linebackers for the Spartans applying the pressure,
2: and Becker had nowhere to go. And now Carroll's way backed up. Third and 20 at the 20-yard line. Becker in the gun. Two receivers to the left, two to the right. Carmody, the running back behind him. Becker in the gun. Evan Person showing blitz. Shotgun Snap. Becker drops back, throwing deep downfield to the sideline, in and out of the hands of Coverstone. He almost had the contested catch, but fourth down brought up.
0: Aaron Wagner on the coverage there, sticking with Coverstone. He knew Becker was going to go to Coverstone on the deep ball. Coverstone really had a play on the ball, but Aaron Wagner all over him, not letting any space go.
2: Here comes Evan Jester, the punter. To kickoff to Isaac Barkas, the punt returner who is at about the Homestead 46 to return this. Good snap, Jester, a little rugby punt, spinning ball, recovered and mucked at the 48 in the hands of Carroll. A special teams disaster to start off the game for Homestead and Carroll's got it back. And
0: the ball fumbled by Isaac Barkas. He hasn't done this once all season long. He's done a great job of holding on to the football, but a disaster there by Barkas on the recovery, and Carroll
2: just got a plus 40-yard play. And that was recovered by Julian Reiterheim, the inside linebacker.
0: And the Carroll student section chanting Butterfingers as that falls out of Isaac Barkus's hands, and we talked about momentum being a key. This was a momentum
2: killer. First and ten for Carroll at the Homestead 47. Becker in the gun, two receivers to the left, one to the right. Carmody behind him. Homestead, linebackers backing up. Shotgun snap, handoff to Carmody off to the left guard, and he is wrapped up at the line of scrimmage. Max Schiltz, Evan Person, just a few of them in there to make the tackle. Second and ten coming up. Homestead's done a great job stopping in these
0: first couple of plays. The defense has really got this Charger team figured out.
2: Second and ten now at the 47. Becker alone in the backfield in the shotgun formation. Two receivers to the right, one to the left. Evan Person showing blitz off the outside. Becker communicating with the sideline and his receivers. And a flag thrown. And it looks like that's going to be delay of game.
4: The now they're going to call that
2: false start. So move Carroll back five yards, second and 15 now at their own 49-yard line. Same formation for Carroll. One receiver to the left, two to the right. Homestead showing blitz again from the linebackers. Becker alone in the backfield. Shotgun snap, drops back, scans the middle of the field. He's got a man wide open over the head of A.J. Lazoff. the tight end. He had a lot of space between him and Isaac Barkas, but Jeff Becker just couldn't get it to him, third and 14. The emotions really flowing through Jeff Becker
0: right now. He had a ton of time to pass the ball, slightly overthrown to a wide-open wide receiver, and he's got to get settled down into this large crowd, easily the largest crowd he's had so far this season.
2: Third down again for Carroll. Third and 14 at their own 49. Becker in the gun. Carmody behind him. Three receivers to the right, one to the left. Homestead showing man coverage and blitz. Becker rolls right, has blockers. Short throw complete to Coverstone. Not enough for the first down Is he is dropped right where he catches it at about the 42-yard line, and here comes the punt team. Coverstone
0: on the in route was able to get there, just can't stay upright as Max Schultz and Aaron Wagner were there to make the tackle in case he stayed up and the punt team coming out for the Chargers. Can Isaac Barkus hold on to this one, though?
2: Fourth and five at the homestead, 42. Isaac Barkas back at the 10 to return this one, hoping for not a punt or not a muff here. Evan Jester, a high punt. Not quite a shank, but pretty much all air there. Still goes inside the 20. Homestead will let it bounce, and Carroll recovers it at about the 18-yard line. So though it was a little high of a punt, it ends up better than a touchback. Homestead now has it deep in their own territory. A good punt there by Evan Jester. Now here comes the Spartan
0: offense. I talked with Peyton Slavin pre game. You heard the interview. He said it's going to be important to handle the emotions of this big game and I think the same could be said for Jeff Becker on
2: that first drive. First and ten at the Spartan 18. Homestead has it. slaving in the gun with Desmith Jr. behind him. Two receivers each side. Carroll showing blitz off the edge. Tucker Steely, the star outside linebacker. Along with Dylan Bennett showing a little bit of pressure here. Shotgun snaps, Slavin drops back, throw, incomplete, almost intercepted at the 25-yard line. In and out of the hands of Ethan Boop, second and ten. Prey. all over that ball, the pass intended for
0: Nate Anderson, underthrown, and both quarterbacks so far still settling
2: into the environment of this game. Both the first throws from Pey- Peyton Slavin and Jeff Becker almost ended up in interceptions. Second and 10 now at the Homestead 18. Same formation, two receivers each side. Slavin hands off to Des Smith. Up the gut to the 20 and knocked down at the 23. Wrapped up by Mark Murray. Third and six now.
0: And that's Des Smith Jr.'s first rush since the Bishop Lures game. Up the middle for five yards. And Dez Smith Jr., it's good to see him back out there on the field, leading the backfield. Third
2: and six at the Homestead 23. Slavin in the gun, two receivers each side. Dez Smith behind him, Max Schultz in motion over to the left side, back to the right now. So two receivers each side again. Slavin, shotgun snap, throw to complete to Anderson. Near the left hash at the 29. That's good enough for the first down. Drops right where he catches it, but it's enough to move the chains. The pass was enough for a first
0: down, but credit to the Carroll defense on that play. They forced Nate Anderson to double coverage. He was able to come up with the football low, but they were all over Anderson. Beaupre and Valdez were there to stop him.
2: First and 10 at the 29-yard line. Tight package for Homestead. Anderson in motion, shotgun snap, jet sweep over to the right hash, slaving to the 35, or Anderson to the 35, and knocked down at about the 37. Dylan Bennett making the tackle, second and two now.
0: Homestead loves to run these RPO options. They love calling wide receivers over, and right there, Nate Anderson able to get an 8-yard gain. Him and Gage Sparrow often. Run
2: those types of plays for the Spartans. Second and two at the 37. Slavin in the gun. Des Smith behind him. Tucker Steely showing blitz. Shotgun snap. Hand off up the gut to Des Smith to the 40. And knock down at the 41 yard line. Enough to move the chains again. Des Smith good for. Solid four yards. And
0: Homestead's 28, 28. moving nice and slow on this offense, not trying to do anything too crazy, just trying to get first downs, run down the Carroll defense and handle the clock a lot more than
2: they did against Snyder. First and 10 at the Homestead 41. Slaven in the gun, Desmith behind him, two receivers to the left side. Tucker Steely showing blitz again. Shotgun snap, handoff up the middle to Desmith to the 45, to the right hash, knocked down at midfield. Another solid gain by Dez Smith. Brought down by Tucker Steely. Second and one now.
0: And you can tell Homestead loves having Dez Smith Jr. back. They're able to do things they weren't able to do with Brett Fox. Run the ball up the middle and really use their offensive line to open up some holes that only Dez Smith Jr. can fit through.
2: Second one at midfield. Slavin in the gun. Nate Anderson off to the far side. With Sparrow to the near side. Two linebackers for Carroll. Shotgun snap, handoff to Des Smith off the right guard again, and he gets to the 45 and is wrestled down by Dylan Bennett. The little WWE tackle there. Des Smith still good enough for the first down as he stampedes into Carroll territory. And they're
0: not being nice to Dez Smith Jr. out there coming off the injury, but what can you expect in this rivalry matchup? The whole, the Carroll student section loving that tackle, although it was
2: a first down. WWE style, like you said, RKO. First and 10 at the Carroll 43, Slavin in the gun. Schiltz, Sparrow, and Anderson, the wide receivers out there. Des Smith Jr., the running back behind him. Four linebackers, shotgun snap, handoff up the middle again to Des Smith, and he is wrapped up about half a yard in front of the line of scrimmage. Nowhere to go for Des Smith Jr. Missed opportunity for the Spartans. They had Nate Anderson in
0: one-on-one coverage against Ethan Beaupre. That's an ideal matchup for the Spartans as Anderson, with his build and speed, can pretty much win in almost any man coverage matchup.
2: Second and ten at the Carroll 43. Homestead driving down the field. Slavin in the gun. Two receivers to the right, one to the left. Anderson off the far side. Desmith behind him. Schultz in motion, moves to the left side. Steely showing blitz again. Shotgun snap, play action, drops back. Throw in and out of the hands of Dylan Bennett. Slavin almost threw passed. an interception. That's passed. the second time he's gotten off lucky. And Steely, he's really applying the pressure better than
0: anyone has done on on Peyton Slavin so far this entire season. He's really forcing Slavin to throw the ball out fast and right there, an unclean pass, almost picked off
2: by Bennett. Five minutes left in the first quarter, still 0-0, third and ten at the Carroll 43. Slavin and the offense looking over to... Coach Sean Harkness, the offensive coordinator, calling out the plays. Slaven in the gun. Shotgun snap. Handoff to Des Smith. Seemed like a broken play there, and Des Smith is wrapped up by Dylan Bennett, who makes up for the missed interception. A three-yard loss for Des Smith, and here comes the punting unit. Carter Dixon out there. 4th and 13 at the 46. Carroll gets the stop.
0: A big couple of plays for Dylan Bennett getting the tackle that seemed to shake up Smith Jr. a little bit. Blocking the pass, the pass deflection, and then the big tackle for loss right there, forcing the Spartans into
2: fourth down. 4th and 13 at the 46. Dixon punting to Hanson Hafner. Almost blocked, but gets it off. cleanly. Hanson Hafner at the 10, 15, 20. Breaking to the near side to the 25, 30, off to the sideline and knocked down at about the 35-yard line. A solid return by Hanson Hafner as he gives Carroll some solid field position to work with. And how about Hafner as a return man
0: so far this season? He's done an incredible job getting all the way out there to the right side and had to be chased down by two homestead guys. That results in a huge gain for the Carroll Chargers on this offensive drive, getting them pretty decent field position for where they could have been. 4'11",
2: left in the first quarter 0-0 all right now both of these drives all three drives have not resulted in much as both teams have been forced to punt through the first three drives first and 10 at the Carroll 34 shotgun snap Becker hands off to Carmody to the 40 in between the hashes, knocked down at about the 40 three-yard line Max Schultz making the tackle. Carmody
0: bulldozing through Homestead's front line. It takes a couple guys to bring him down. That's a common theme we've seen with this defense. It usually takes more than just one guy to bring Carmody down.
2: Second and one at the 43, Becker in the gun with two receivers each side. Carmody behind him, 3-43 left in the first tie game. One safety back deep for Homestead, Isaac Barkas. Detweiler backs up as well Shotgun snap, Becker looks over Coverstone open at the 50 To the near side, to the 45, to the 40 Breaks the tackle to the 30, off to the 20 He's gone! Touchdown Carroll!
0: Coverstone Is the man to go to And he was given a little bit of Extra space with Detweiler Backing up and Becker was all Over it.
2: Tyreek Hill style Speed breaking tackles and Sprinting to the end zone And that is the kind of explosive playmaking that Coverstone has given this Carroll team all year long. And that is why he
0: has 21.73 yards per reception. His ability to extend plays after the catch just proves why he's arguably the best wide receiver in the SAC.
2: Sebastian Lopez, extra point up and good with no problem. And Carroll, 319 left in the first quarter takes the 7-0 lead over the Spartan.
3: Casa Italian Restaurants, with four Fort Wayne locations, West Jefferson Boulevard, DuPont Road, Parnell Avenue, and Stellhorn Road. Featuring their Casa Borough Salad, brick oven pizzas, and over 30 pasta selections. Dine-in or carry-out available, or let Casa cater your next special occasion. Menus and information at casarestaurants.com casa italian restaurant a proud sponsor of homestead media and now let's head back out to the stadium for more homestead
4: spartan football right here on the point 91fm
2: carroll takes the 7-0 lead 319 left in the first quarter after the two play 56 yard touchdown drive that ended with Coverstone getting in the end zone again like he has all season long for Carroll. That was his 11th touchdown of the season at wideout.
0: And Coverstone, he, I mean there's a reason Jeff Becker loves to throw the ball to him so much. His speed after the catch, I mean he, you can do these short five yard routes like that last play and expect him to really extend the play right there weaving through three homestead defenders doing his job and getting all the way to the end zone for a huge huge touchdown to start the game.
2: He has D1 interest for a reason. Drake, just one of the teams that wants him. Drake out of Des Moines, Iowa, the old Missouri Valley school, looking at Coverstone. And you can't blame him. Evan Jester kicking off at the 40, deep into the end zone over the head of Sparrow. That's going to be a fair catch. And moving left from right, here comes the Homestead offense with 319 left in the first, down seven, looking to get on the scoreboard.
0: And Coverstone really set the momentum in the Carroll Chargers' hands. It's going to be all up to Slavin in this offense to reverse it back to the Spartans if they really want to not lose touch of this game.
2: First and 10 at the 20 for Homestead. Slavin the quarterback, Des Smith the running back. Sparrow, Anderson, and Grant higher out there at wide receiver. Along with Schultz, the slot. Slavin in the gun. Two receivers each side in a tight package with Des Smith behind him. Shotgun snap, handoff up the middle, Des Smith, and he is wrapped up in the backfield. Smith, Liam, back here, Ottenweller, back him, the Liam Ottenweller getting the tackle. About a yard loss there, second and 11 away. at the 19. And Homestead, they're not going to be able to run the ball much longer. If Carroll
0: keeps sniffing out these plays. At some point, you've got to let Slavin unleash his arm as Des Smith is getting
2: banged up. Second and 11 at the 19-yard line. Homestead backed up in their own territory. Slavin in the backfield. Shotgun snap. Pressure coming. Short throw in and out of the hands of Des Smith at the 10-yard line. Incomplete. And a third and 11 at the 19 coming up for Homestead. And Carroll's applying the
0: pressure so well right now. Everybody on their team. Alex Smith applying the pressure on that last play, going up, up around to the side, forcing Slavin to chuck that ball out.
2: And here comes another Homestead third down, third and 11 Backed up at the 19, two receivers to each side. Slavin in the gun, Des Smith behind him. Carroll showing blitz here with Maddox Flaw. The outside linebacker off to the left, ready to break into that backfield. Showing some zone coverage, shotgun snap play action, Anderson... Looking towards him and gets it to Sparrow Slaven's at the 32 down. yard line. Move Slaven's the chains. Homestead gets the third down Slaven's conversion. Yard line. That pass play. Good First and Homsday. 10 at the 33.
0: And if Carroll did their research, they should have known that that is a pure,
2: pure route. Commonly done by Gage Sparrow, those short 10-yard routes. First and 10 at the 33, Des Smith takes the snap and the handoff. Moved the pile a little bit, it looked like a little rugby play. Out to the far side, knocked down at the 36 by a swarm of Chargers. 2-11 left in the first quarter. Second and 6 at the 37-yard line now.
0: And they've got to be, they've got to, if you're the coaching staff for Homestead right now, you've got to be a little bit worried about Dead Smith's usage. He's taking some big hits underneath, just coming off a high ankle
2: sprain. This is only his first game back. Second and six at the homestead 37. Slaving the gun, tight package. Anderson in motion. Snap, jet sweep, heading towards the near side to the 40. Flag thrown. He's knocked out of bounds at the forty-two-yard line. Jorge Valdez making the tackle, but we'll see what that flag is.
0: couple of flags thrown down. It's Anderson on the jet sweep going all the way outside to the sideline.
2: We see a lot of those jet sweeps out of this team. They Anderson, Gage Sparrow find themselves with a lot of rushing yards this year. Gage Sparrow, right now he has only nine carries with 69 yards and a touchdown.
0: One of those carries being a 41-yard touchdown even against... Concordia to open up the game.
2: Homestead really relies on those kind of jet sweeps. They even have an RPO where they fake the jet sweep and give Slavin the option to throw. We'll see what this penalty is now. It is a face mask on Homestead. It was also a holding but that was declined. 15 yards back. And that is quite detrimental for Homestead as they are right back deep in their own territory, backed up to the 25-yard line, 2nd and 18.
0: And the 2nd and 18 has really put Homestead in an uncomfortable position, but it's going to call for Slavin to unleash its arm. You can't really run the ball this far back into your own territory. You've got to unleash the ball to Anderson or Sparrow here.
2: Grant Heyer, the senior wide receiver, back out there on the field. Three wide receivers to the left, one to the right, Slavin in the gun. Second and 18 at the 25, Desmond Jr. off to this right hip. Shotgun snap, fakes the handoff, Slavin downfield looking towards Anderson, intercepted! Justin Anderson with the interception, heading to the near side at the 20, 15, and finally wrapped up at the 10-yard line. Nick Schweitzer making the tackle to stop the touchdown, but that is huge for Carroll. Anderson was all over that ball. He learned his lesson
0: from the Gage Sparrow first down. It was the exact same route, a deep post route to Gage Sparrow, and Anderson was all over it coming in front, reading Slavin's
2: eyes, gets the pick, and returns it 30 yards to put Carroll inside the 10. And Justin Anderson, he was looking for his second pick six of the season there. Ends up as just his second interception of the year. He is a stud at inside linebacker and makes a huge play early in this game and you thought Homestead had a good linebacker core we'll talk about Carroll's linebacker core
0: they have played phenomenal so far tonight
2: first and 10 at the 10 yard line for Carroll Becker in the gun two receivers to the left one to the right shotgun snap play action pressure coming short throw complete to Carmody to the 10-5 near side breaking through the pylon touchdown Carroll Luke Carmody breaking through and the Chargers taken early Two-possession lead with a minute 12 left in the first. And how about that improvisation by Jeff
0: Becker? Had two guys in his face. Eben Person and Austin Keyser, were coming after him, and this dishes the ball back as his last option to Carmody, and Carmody just doing a great job avoiding tackles, reaching for the pylon and into the end zone.
2: And that worked exactly how you want the halfback slip screen to work. Bring the pressure to the QB and let the running back break free. Extra point good by Sebastian Lopez, his second of the night. And Carroll with one twelve left in the first quarter, already up 14.
3: Support for Homestead High School Athletics comes from Jason Corner, CFP, your Edward Jones Financial Advisor at 7329 West Jefferson Boulevard. For more information, visit edwardjones.com. Edward Jones, member SIPC.
4: And now let's head back out to the stadium for more Homestead Spartan football right here on the Point ninety one FM.
2: Welcome back to Carroll Stadium. The Chargers up fourteen nothing after a quick one play touchdown, ten yard reception to running back Luke Carmody. And Carroll man, out of the gates they are. Kicking it on all cylinders, up 14. Yeah, they're up 14 with just over a minute
0: to go in only the first quarter. How about the Chargers really setting the tone of this game? They are here to play. They are here to get the streak back in their favor.
2: Of course, Homestead has run the last seven games. Last year was a 70-41 win at home, and in 2019, 38-14 at Carroll's Old Stadium with Brayden Hardwick being an electrifying back in that game for Homestead. Evan Jester kicking it off. This one doesn't quite get to the end zone. Anderson returnable at the 5. Kicks it to the 10. Off to the left, hash to the 15, 20, 35. He has Parker to the 40, 50, far side to the 40, and finally backed out of bounds. What a return by Gage Sparrow. And Gage Sparrow all the way
0: up. And how about that? Getting the momentum back in Homestead's favor. Favor They needed a big play and a 70-yard kick return, 65-yard kick return, bringing it all the way and
2: putting Homestead in scoring position. And, Nate, and uh, usually Nate Anderson is the one to get those returns, but Gage Sparrow was out there. He hasn't gotten many of those balls, but he really took the opportunity there. First and 10 now at the Carroll 35 for Homestead. Great field position for the Spartan offense. Three receivers to the right, one to the left, Slavin in the gun, Des Smith behind him. Shotgun snap, short throw complete on the screen to Gay Sparrow to the 40-35 near side wrestle down at the 34-yard line. Solid gain there on the screen. Jorge Valdez making the tackle. Second and eight. And Homestead, they want to get this clock, they want to take as little time to
0: score as possible because it's looking like this game might be a shootout with the way Carroll's offense is playing. I mean, they've got to score fast and they've got to really, they've got to get one defensive stop at least to get this game
2: tied up. Second and eight at the 33, Slavin shotgun snap, handoff up the middle to Des Smith to the 30, right hash knocked down at the 28-yard line. little five-yard gain, third and three coming up, 16 seconds left in the first quarter. Ball at the 28-yard line. Carroll up 14-0. And it looks like Homestead is just going to let the clock wind down to end the first quarter.
0: And Homestead, when they come back out into the second quarter, they've got to do one thing, especially on defense. They have to find a blocker for Tucker Steely. Every single play, he is coming at Peyton Slavin's head.
2: 12 minutes down, and right now it's been all Chargers up 14-0.
1: Manchester University, offering more than 70 areas of study, including the health sciences, accounting, business, teacher education, and the arts. Student-athletes compete in 20 NCAA sports for men and women, and co-curricular activities include esports, marching band, and other musical ensembles. Learn more at manchester.edu.
4: And now let's head back out to the stadium for more Homestead Spartan football right here on the Point 91 FM.
2: One quarter down and so far Carroll controlled this entire game up 14-0 over the Homestead Spartans. Teams flipping field as Homestead will now go right to left, Carroll left to right. Homestead will start off this second quarter with a third and three at the 28-yard line after a big return by Gage Sparrow sent them deep into Carroll territory.
0: Spartan offense has got to get something going. The offensive line especially right tackle Nick Schweizer needs to start needs to find a way to block Tucker Steely. Always there on defense.
2: Slaving in the gun two receivers out. Shotgun snap. Handoff up the gut to Des Smith. Between the hashes. Short of the 25. Knocked down at the 26 yard line. Carroll Makes the stop and forces a fourth and one. Decision time now for Coach Zolman.
0: And they're going to place the ball right on the 25-yard line, which is going to
2: be a first down. And they will call that a first down, a little surprising, but move the chains as Homestead into the red zone. Carroll
0: fans not the most pleased with the call, but the clock's going to run. No conferencing about that placement. It is a first down for Spartans.
2: First and 10 at the 20, Slavin in the gun, two receivers to the left. Des Smith over to his right hip, shotgun snap, halfback delay to Des Smith at the left hash, past the 25 and knocked down at the 22 Smith. yard line. Dylan it. Bennett making the tackle.
7: Whoa, Second and
2: six now. Des
0: Dead Smith, Dead Smith Jr. has gotten a lot of usage so far in this game, the past game. Hasn't been used as much, but that's for a reason. Carroll has done a great job receiving in the middle and secondary of the field.
2: Second and eight at the 22-yard line. Slaving in the gun, two receivers to the the right. Shotgun snap, handoff to Des Smith off the the hip of the right guard, and he is wrestled down about two yards in front of the line of scrimmage. Alex Smith making the tackle. Another third down here for Homestead. Third and six at the 20. And
0: big decision for Coach Zolman. Do you pass the ball here, or do you try to give it back again to Smith Jr. to get six yards?
2: A little scoring update. Southside up 7-0 over Northside. Elsewhere in the SAC. Third and six at the 21. Slaving in the gun. Shotgun snap rolls right Steely coming with pressure throw to the far side at the 10 complete to Gage Sparrow little hook route got it right to him and into goal line territory Homestead moves first and goal at the nine gorgeous route running by Gage Sparrow on that hook route he all the defenders
0: had he had them all faked as he the that he was either going to sell the go route or the ball was going to go to Nate Anderson but no hook all the way out to the sideline Getting the first down, that's the second time today he's gotten just enough.
2: Ten minutes left in the second quarter. Homestead down 14-0, but driving down the field. First and goal at the nine. Slavin in the gun. Shotgun snap, handoff to Des Smith. Off the right hash to about the five-yard line before he is swarmed by a group of chargers. Alexander Smith in there to help with the tackle. Second and goal goal with the five. And And as Barnes, they only
0: need five yards. They're probably going to hand the ball off again to Death Smith or do a QB sneak. We've seen them do quite a few of those with Peyton Slavin this year.
2: Second and five. Second and goal with the five, I should say. Slavin in the gun. Two receivers to the left. Death Smith behind him. Shotgun snap. Hand off to Smith up the middle. And he has wrestled down about a yard in front of the line of scrimmage. Not much to go there. As Carroll looking for a goal line stop here, third and goal at the four.
0: Bennett and Anderson all over. Dead Smith Jr. there. They knew the play call on the with only five yards to go to the end zone, and they were all over it stuffing. Dead Smith Jr. for no gain.
2: Another third down for Homestead. Third and goal at the four yard line. This is really fourth down territory for this team. Slaving in the gun, two receivers to the left. It's Anderson and Sparrow. Des Smith behind him. The running back. Lineman in motion. Carroll showing goal line defense, shotgun snap. It's going to be a pass, throw into the end zone, incomplete, in and out of the hands of Nate Anderson. Across the field was looking towards the end zone, but Ethan Beaupre making the stop, fourth and goal at the four-yard line. And Let's see what the decision is. It looks like Homestead's going to opt for the field goal. And I don't know about this play call. If you're Homestead, you've got to get some points on the board, and you have to get
0: seven, not just three. Make this a one-possession game great coverage on that last play
2: by Ethan Beaupre. Grady swing the holder Tug Davis the long snapper Cameron Jarrett the kicker here for Homestead fourth and goal at the four 21 yard field goal up and through the uprights Homestead gets on the board with 826 left in the second quarter Carroll still up 14-3, though, but Homestead starting to crack into that lead.
3: Support for Homestead High School Athletics comes from Jason Corner, CFP, your Edward Jones financial advisor at 7329 West Jefferson Boulevard. For more information, visit edwardjones.com. Edward Jones, member SIPC. And
4: now, let's head back out to the stadium for more Homestead Spartan football, right here on the Point 91FM.
2: And welcome back to our coverage of Homestead Carroll. Carroll leads 14-3 after the 21-yard field goal by Cameron Jarrett. It was a 9-play, 31-yard drive for Homestead. Resulted in three points, so really kind of a victory for that Carroll defense, but also for the Homestead offense as they get on the board finally. They
0: get on the board, but not in the way that they wanted to. It was so close to a touchdown, first and goal. Sorry, second and goal with only five yards to go. They had a chance, and they just weren't able to execute.
2: Carter Dixon preparing to kick off to Homestead, or to Carroll, I should say. Coverstone. Braden Steely and Hanson Hafner, the re- returners back deep. Dixon kicking with the wind, and it's going to go into the end zone at about the, looks like, the L, Hits the Hits first L the on the Carroll logo in the end zone. We'll yard line. Here comes the Charger offense starting off at the 20-yard line with the first and 10.
0: And this is a Charger offense offense. That has worked so efficiently so far in this game. Only 11 plays on this, those first two drives with 14 points. The, they work so well together. The most
2: efficient offense in the first SAC. And the first and 10 at the 20-yard line. Carroll Charger offense preparing. Becker, the quarterback, in the gun. Three receivers to the left. Shotgun snap. Becker keeps himself on the option. And towards the right hash and wrestled down by Carter Coob. At the 23-yard line, a three-yard gain for Jeff Becker on the QB keeper. Second and seven at the 23.
0: Coob able to sniff that one out from Becker pretty easily.
2: Second and seven at the 23-yard line. Becker in the gun. Carmody behind him. Two receivers to the left, one to the right. Carter Coob showing blitz. Becker drops back. Pocket collapsing. Scrambles, keeps himself up the middle to about the 30. They'll mark him down at the 31-yard line. Solid gain on the scramble by Jeff Becker on two straights quarterback runs. And is it's good enough for the first down.
0: Great improvisation by Jeff Becker there again. Covers,
2: Coverstone completely covered by Aaron Wagner on that last play. SAC scoring update. Lures up 13-7 right now over Dwinger. First and 10 at the 31. Shotgun snap. Carmody takes it over to the left side. Up to the 35, to the 40, and knocked down. By a swarm of Spartans. A nine-yard gain by Luke Carmody to the forty-yard line. Second and one. Edmund Person almost, almost nearly forcing the ball out. Second and one at the forty. Shotgun snap. Another read option. Becker keeps himself. Spins around to the forty. The forty-five off to the far side and knocked down at the forty-seven. Beautiful spin move by Jeff Becker, looked like Braxton Miller against Virginia Tech. Good enough to move the chains.
0: And Jeff Becker, his elusiveness and athleticism is able to pull him away from a lot of homestead defenders. Last season, SA, all SAC, Matt Miller was not
2: able to bring down the tackle. First and 10 at the Carroll 47, Becker in the gun. Shotgun snap, play action, rolls right, pocket collapsing. He's going to scramble again to the right hash to the 50. Sheds a tackle by Detweiler, 40-35, another shedded tackle and knocked out at the 30, or wrestled out of bounds. They couldn't even bring him down. Aaron Ragnar, the one forcing him out. What a keeper by
0: Jeff Becker. He got one spin move and then four shedded tackles on that play. Outspun Jackson Chrisman, broke past Toriano Franklin,
2: Kyle Detweiler, Austin Kieser, and Eben person. First and ten at the Homestead 30. For Jeff Becker in this Carroll offense, shotgun snap, delayed handoff to Carmody, 30, 25, 20, to the near side, 15, 10, 5, almost, breaking to the end zone, pushed out of bounds by Aaron Wagner, another big gain on the ground, to the 6 yard line, first and goal, get your keys out, because Carroll's on a drive. Carroll has
0: all the momentum in the world right now, and Homestead's side has gone quiet. They are just being
2: outperformed in this matchup. First and goal at the 6, handoff to Carmody again, up the middle to the 5, and he's wrestled down at the, looks like the 4.5 yard line. Jackson Christman in there to make the tackle. Second and goal now at the 5.
0: Carroll's just running this hurry-up offense, keeping Homestead on their toes, and Homestead not, was not able to get into it now. The Chargers are slowing things down, ensuring that they get this touchdown.
2: Six ten left in the second quarter. Carroll up 14-3, but they are eyeing the end zone to make it 20-3. Becker in the gun, Carmody behind him. Two receivers to the left. Coverstone way back at the near side. Whistles blown and a timeout taken by Carroll. Coaches aren't happy. It looks like there must have been a miscommunication somewhere. But, man, Carroll, so far, they're up 11 right now, but it seems like they have dominated this entire game. Minute left in the second quarter. The first half surely entirely has belonged to Carroll.
0: And they've really they've moved this ball so fast on offense. It just Homestead, they're not able to keep up with it. That's pretty much what it's come down to. The secondary's not able to stay with. They're not able to stay with the Chargers and especially Jeff Becker. His elusiveness has just pushed and packed all the defenders. And he's not afraid to take a hit. We saw in that one 30-yard gain, able to gain a ton of yards, shedding tackles.
2: Misled the fans a little bit. It's actually 5:56 left in the second quarter. Carroll runs a minute on the clock for their timeouts and back to the way Jeff Becker's playing he's
0: shown to be a true threat both in the passing game and the running game
2: second and goal at the four yard line Carroll up 14-3 eyeing the end zone goal line package for both teams Becker up against the center snap hand off to Carmody ball on the ground Carmody fumbled the handoff in the hands of Max Schiltz, a huge stop at the goal line, just like Homestead did twice last week against Northside. They get the goal line fumble and stand, bring out the Spartan D, or offense. Energy
0: sucked out of the Carroll's side of the stands. Everyone going quiet. It looked like it was going to be a second and goal from the four-yard line, resulting in a fumble. And now Homestead takes over on offense with a chance to bounce back.
2: left in the second quarter. Carroll up 14-3, but the Spartans with the ball again. Deep in their own territory. First and ten at the three-yard line.
0: Not entirely a win on that fumble for the Spartans. They are on their own three-yard line. They have 97 yards to go to get to the end zone.
2: Slavin in the gun. One receiver to each side. Desmith behind him. Carroll showing blitz. They are eyeing a safety here.
0: And a safety would just flip the momentum right back into their own hands.
2: Looks like zone coverage here for Carroll. Shotgun snap, handoff to Des Smith. And he barely gets back to the line of scrimmage, wrestled down by a pile of chargers. They'll give him a generous yard there. Second and nine at the four.
0: And that play's not going to do much in your own end zone. You've got to pass the ball. You've got to get the ball Get Slavin out of the end zone. Give him a little bit of space to work with in the backfield.
2: Second nine at the car- at the Homestead four for the Spartans. Slavin the quarterback in the gun. Two receivers to the left, one to the right. Mac Schultz in motion as he moves from the left to the right. Pressure coming. Shotgun snap. Play action. Throw in and out of the hands, and almost intercepted. Max Schiltz could not hang on to it, and that was a dangerous incompletion. That easily could have gone in the hands of the Chargers. Instead, turns into a third and nine. And Homestead ran this
0: exact same play against Northside last week, having Schiltz switch sides, line up on the right side, except that time it resulted in a touchdown for Max Schiltz. That time, not so much. Dangerous pass by Slavin, almost picked off.
2: Third and nine at the four-yard line for Homestead. Slavin in the gun, two receivers to the right big hefties out there. Shotgun snapped, Slavin, rolls right short throw to Anderson, completes on the far side. They will give him the first down as well. Big completion and actually they're going to give him the first down. Very close, pretty much right at the 10 yard reception line. First and 10 at the 14-yard line. And that's the senior
0: captain experience for Nate Anderson. Selling the go route, hitting the cu- the curl route, and just getting enough for the first down.
2: 4.50 left in the second quarter. Carroll up 14-3. First and 10 at the 14 for Homestead. Slaving in the gun. Two receivers to the left, one to the right. Shotgun snap. Hand off to Des Smith off the hip of the right guard. Breaks, pops out to the 15. Not much gain there. Smith
1: by Smith Jr.
2: Tucker Steely making the tackle. Actually Braden Steely making the tackle. Second and eight at the 16.
0: The Spartans are
2: running a very
0: dangerous offense right now. Waiting till third down down it seems like to get their first downs. They've got to start getting some big plays going and starting to mirror what the Carroll offense is doing.
2: Second and eight at the 16. Slavin in the gun. Tight package, two receivers to each side, but they are close up to the left and right tackles. Des Smith pops out to the left hip. Shotgun snap, play action. Pressure coming. Slavin forced to roll out. Penalty called, and that might be a holding. Anderson barely evaded the tackler. Barely evaded Tyler Wearsama, and that's going to be holding.
0: And we'll see what the call is from the referees. An interesting pass by Slavin, though, despite the call throwing a really low to Max Schiltz.
2: Ref still talking an out bit here. And, yep, that's going to be holding on Homestead.
4: Homestead backed up
2: even farther. Into their own territory. They'll give this one to the 6-yard line. 2nd and 19. Actually at the 5 is where they'll put it. Slaven in the gun. He's back at his own goal line. Three receivers to the left. One to the right. Des Smith beside him. Carroll showing man coverage with two safeties deep. Shotgun snap. Play action. Throw downfield to Sparrow. Complete... Midfield to the 15, 20, 25, Shenson tackles to the 30. He's got blockers in space. 50, 40, 45, 30, 20. Can he get to the end zone? Knocked down at the 10-yard line. Cage Sparrow, have yourself a big play. Homestead, just like that, covers almost the entire length of the field in one play. First and goal at the 9.
0: And Slavin
2: looked away after
0: he passed the ball, thought it was thought it was incomplete. It looked like an incomplete ball thrown in a triple coverage, and it looked like Sparrow wasn't even going to get the first down, but he caught it, and the singer shed not one, not two, but three defenders off the catch, and then it was a race to the sideline. It had some great blocks from Nate Anderson, and a
2: 80-yard play for the Spartans. First and goal at the 9, Laundry on the field as the ball was snapped. That's going to be on the Chargers offsides. So to the four yard line now, Homestead moves first and goal at the four, at the five, excuse me.
0: Homestead needed a big play and they got one from Sparrow.
2: Whistles blown. Three twelve left in the first quarter. Carroll leads 14-3. Homestead looking to make this a one-possession game with either a field goal or a touchdown. First and goal at the five. Slavin in the gun. Two receivers to his left. Desmith behind him. Shotgun snap. A high snap. Smith has it on the outside. Run to the right hash. Ten and knocked down. At the four-yard line, off the left hash,
4: Steely.
2: Braden Steely making the tackle. There's a man down for Carroll. Looks like he's just tying his shoe, though. Dylan Bennett. Yep, that's exactly what he's doing as he goes to a knee to tie his shoes. The Spartan, the Spartan fans wanted a taunting call on Brendan
0: Steely stepping over Dez Smith Jr., but hey, I say no call. It's a rivalry matchup, getting each other's faces.
2: Second goal at the three for Homestead, Slaving in the gun, two receivers to each side. Shotgun snap, another outside run to Des Smith. Can he break through? No, he cannot. Pass the left hash, but nowhere to go. As he barely gets back to the line of scrimmage. Third and goal. The Chargers looking for another goal line stand,
0: holding the Spartans to only three points would be so huge.
2: Third and goal at the four-yard line. Grady swing. Came in at wide receiver for a moment. Max Schultz out there. Looks like a little confusion on the offensive end when it comes to subs. As the clock is quickly ticking
0: down, the Spartans might have to take a timeout, but Homestead, they're really trying to set
2: up for this play. And a timeout, delay of game averted as the play clock ran down there. mid 33 left in the second quarter. Homestead signals the timeout. They're looking for the end zone here, down 14-3, but they have the opportunity to make this a one-possession game and looking at some other scores in the SAC. Dwanger leads over Lures 14-13 after a touchdown, and Wayne leads over Concordia, 22-7. I predicted that upset right there. Remember that during around the SAC? Well, right I now it's paying rem- dividends. I
0: do remember, but let's talk about something kind of crazy. Bishop Dwenger is leading Bishop Lures at the moment. That is huge for the SAC. If Carroll were to come away with the win here tonight, obviously Lures would still have the head to head in the event of a Bishop Dwenger win, but then Lures would have to play Snyder later in the later in the season for what would presumably be the SAC championship
2: and then elsewhere Snyder leads 21 zip over the Bruins some pretty good games this week in the conference rivalry week always brings this kind of tight competition minute 32 left in the second quarter as the timeout ends Carroll up 14-3 third and goal at the four yard line Neon Nation getting some noise going at Carroll Stadium Slaving in the gun two receivers to each side Desmith behind him Goal line, D. Shotgun snap. Slavin drops back. Throw in and out of the hands of Anderson. Over the head. Could not grasp it. And a fourth and goal forced. And I, the the field goal team's gonna come out. And
0: I am at a loss of words for that play. Had Sparrow and Anderson wide open on both on the left side. Ball just overthrown by Slavin and now Homestead's going to have to settle for another three. Huge win for the Carroll defense.
2: This time Carter Dixon out to attempt another 21-yard field goal. Cameron Jarrett attempted the last 21-yarder and made it right down the middle. Minute 28 left in the second quarter. Off the left hash. Snap good, hold good. Extra field goal is no good. Missed it wide left. From 21 yards out, Carroll's defense comes up big again.
0: I don't believe it. Carter Dixon missing a chip shot field goal. Unbelievable.
2: And Carroll, that, that is huge as so much momentum was put into getting points on that drive for Homestead. And just like that with the missed field goal, the Spartan O comes up empty. And it's really
0: just come down to Homestead not being able to capitalize within the 10 yards.
2: Minute 24 left in the second. Carroll up 14-3. First and 10 at the 20. Becker in the gun. Two receivers to each side. Shotgun snap. Handoff to Camardi up the middle to the 25. Right hash. Knocked down. Wrestled down at the 25-yard line. Max Schiltz making the tackle. Second and inches just shy of the 30. Uh... No huddle here for Carroll. Becker, snap, throw deep to Coverstone, incomplete. Had him open near side. at Homestead 49, but just overthrew it. Third and inches now at the 29-yard line. Minute three left in the second.
0: The incomplete pass, Carroll now has, some time, has a little bit of time to think about what they're going to do. They're probably looking for a pretty big play, and Homestead knows it. Nate Anderson, the wide receiver, is in at safety for a deep play.
2: Becker the QB, three receivers to the left, one to the right, Coverstone alone on that right side. 3rd and 1 at the 29. Shotgun snap, high snap, handoff to Carmody up the middle. Good for the first down to the 36-yard line. Solid gain by Carmody. Move those chains as he gets the first down to the 36. No huddle. Two receivers to each side, Becker in the gun, shotgun snap, drops back, short throw, completes a Coverstone, the near side to the 45, and steps out of bounds at the 46 to stop the clock momentarily with 50 seconds left in the second quarter. Carroll up 14-3 as they're looking in short time to move down the field, first and 10 at the 47.
0: And Carroll's really trying to move as fast as they can, and they can do that with Coverstone, a really fast, small, wide receiver. He can get down the field pretty quickly. So watch for Becker
2: to cover Stone, deep route. Becker in the gun, three receivers to the left, one to the right. Carmody behind him, shotgun snap, fake handoff, read option to the 50, and Becker goes down on his own power at the 48-yard line. Tick, 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 clock rolling down under 40 seconds. No huddle, Becker in the gun, two receivers to each side. Shotgun snap, drops back, looking to Coverstone, has him on the sideline. Complete at the 41-yard line. Aaron Wagner could not stop him in time. And a first and ten for Carroll with 30 seconds left. Carroll's moving so fast. It seems like they've gotten four
0: plays off in just 30 seconds of football. Already only 40 yards to go trying to get into field goal territory or even get it into the end zone.
2: First and ten at the Homestead 41 for the Chargers. Two receivers each side. Carmody behind the quarterback, Jeff Becker. Evan in person showing blitz for Homestead. Shotgun snap. Becker drops back. Pressure coming. Short throw in and out of the hands of A.J. Lassoff. Stops the clock for a minute. 25.8 seconds left in this second quarter. Carroll up 14-3. They're looking for a huge momentum swinging score on this quick drive. Second and ten at the 41.
0: Evan Person in the face of Jeff Becker on that last play. He is someone that quarterbacks fear.
2: Becker in the gun, two receivers each side. Homestead showing blitz again. Carmody behind Becker. Shotgun snap. Becker drops back. Throw down the field. to cover zone to the near side. Intercepted! Intercepted! Isaac Barkis on the near side to the 20. Face mask... Penalty thrown and a huge stop by Homestead. Isaac Barkis making the interception in the red zone to stop Carroll in its tracks.
0: Isaac Barkis with his first interception on the season. It's a huge one, all over the route to cover Stone. Ball was just slightly underthrown and Barkis was all over it. Only by a yard, I'd say that ball was underthrown, but Barkis was there for the play.
2: 13 seconds left in the second quarter. Carroll up 14 3. Refs talking right now. It looks like a face mask on Coverstone trying to make the tackle on Isaac Barkus after the interception. We'll hear from the refs on what exactly it was. If this face mask goes in Homestead's favor,
0: you have to think. And it will be a face mask.
2: And it's, it's gonna actually going to be on Homestead. Looked like Isaac Barkus. Held the face mask of Coverstone, who was trying to tackle him. You don't often see face mask on the offense. Or actually, in that case, it was technically the defense because it was an interception. Either way, deep in their own territory, first and ten at the eight. Really here should just be a quarterback need to send this one to halftime. No reason to risk a possible safety, and that looks like looks like that's exactly what Coach Zolman opts for. Slavin takes the snap and a peaceful negotiation on the QB knee. 24 minutes of football down and Carroll up 24-3 to three through two quarters of play. Coming up is the OBS halftime show. We got plenty of time. You won't want to miss it. We'll be right back. <laughs>
3: The Point is WCYT 91.1 Lafayette Township, Fort Wayne, a broadcast service of Homestead High School, presented by Homestead Media online at WCYT.org. The Point 91 FM, where music is the point. Casa Italian Restaurants, with four Fort Wayne locations, West Jefferson Boulevard, DuPont Road, Parnell Avenue, and Stellhorn Road. Featuring their Casa Burro salad, brick oven pizzas, and over 30 pasta selections. Dine in or carry out available, or let Casa cater your next special occasion. Menus and information at casarestaurants.com. Casa Italian Restaurant, a proud sponsor of Homestead Media.
4: And now, let's head back out to the stadium for more Homestead Spartan football, right here on the Point 91FM.
2: And welcome to the OPS Spartan Football Halftime Show. I'm Braden Carroll, joined alongside Anthony Gary, following a first half that concluded with Carroll leading 14 3 over the Homestead Spartans. And really, you can accredit that lead to the Carroll defense, who has been stout so far.
0: And the game's really just been about turnovers. Carroll getting a big interception to start the game off on a Homestead drive, really keeping Homestead from making a big run on offense, and then Homestead's defense has just shown up on the big plays and the making big stops on turnovers. This game could be blown way out of proportion if it wasn't for that Homestead, this Homestead turnover defense.
2: And we're actually going to be joined on this halftime show by Noah Joe Hanningsmeyer. You may recognize him from around the SAC earlier during this broadcast. Noah Meyer, what was your take on that first half of play from the Homestead team? They only put up three points. They had plenty of opportunities to get more than that. Really just this Carroll defense have, has stepped up to the occasion, forced some field goals, actually a missed field goal by Carter Dixon, just not much production so
6: far. Yeah, it was really disappointing that the Homestead offense was not able to capitalize once they got into the red zone. They ran over 30 plays of offense in that first half, and they were able to consistently convert on third down and conversions or attempts with going 5 for 8 in that first half. They really need to get it going in the red zone, though, and the defense was able to make up some big plays with that fumble recovery in the red zone and then that interception to end the half by Isaac Barkas.
2: And really, I don't see any impact players so far in this game. I'm just seeing this perfectly functioning Carroll offense and defense where it seems like everybody's kind of working together here. I'd like to, I'd
0: actually like to give out a couple shout-outs to two players that have made a huge impact so far this game, both on the key, Carroll defense. Ethan Beaupre has done a phenomenal job of guarding Nate Anderson, has kept him on locks. All game long, Anderson with only two big receptions, but in the end zone, doing his job, keeping the ball out of Anderson's hands and getting the touchdown. That's been the real problem for the Spartans in the red zone. They haven't been able to get the ball to the common target, Nate Anderson, because of Beaupre's eliteness. And then the other guy, this should come as no surprise, is Dylan Bennett, the inside linebacker for the Spartans. Has just done so well and is laying out hit after hit against the Spartan offense.
6: For me, i got to go with Jamison Coverstone as the impact player. He had that 56-yard touchdown reception early on in that first half to get the Carroll offense going, and he has been a big impact player all throughout that first half.
2: And looking at some scores around the SAC, right now Wayne leads 22-14 over the Cadets in the second quarter. Noah, you seem to be quite ridiculing of that prediction that Wayne would get the upset. I had a feeling... I had a feeling that Wayne was had a chance in this game, and right now they're looking pretty good.
6: I was not saying that it could not happen. I was saying it wouldn't be much of an upset as both of these teams are one wins teams with their win both being against Southside.
0: And if I would like to recall, although I did pick Concordia to win this game, I did say that this would be the type of game where Wayne goes into halftime leading Concordia but isn't able to hold on to that lead. So, so far it's looking like my prediction might shape out to be accurate.
6: And how about the Dwanger game going on right now as they have a 21-20 to lead over Lures?
0: That game is being, is a shootout, and you'd almost expect that. You it, All games have to be a shootout if you want to compete against the Bishop-Lures offense, and Dwanger's really doing a, a phenomenal job. And like I said, it's a rivalry game. Anything can happen. Lures were huge favorites in the Battle of the Bishops, but Dwanger, they're, they're fighting their own.
2: And if you're a Carroll fan, right now you're also a Dwanger fan, just hoping that they can win that game because Lewis, really the only way that Carroll can win the conference is if Lures loses tonight and against Snyder. That's how they would win it outright at least. So if Dwanger could get that win, that is huge amount of security for Carroll because really that Lewis-Snyder game week one, or week nine I should say, is such a big game between two teams that both of them have a shot. So if Lewis loses tonight against Dwanger, that's huge for Carroll's chances.
0: And even if they want to this, have this season end in a three-way SAC tie, they're also Bishop Dwenger fans tonight because Carroll, they have that outright win over Bishop Dwenger. And if so they'd have that edge over Bishop Dwenger. Sorry, I, I'm getting a little bit mixed up. I forgot Bishop Dwenger was a two-loss team. But what I'm saying, they have the outright win over Snyder. So the real game that impacts Carroll's chances at really finishing atop the SAC is the Snyder versus Lewis game. My apologies.
6: Yeah, and they still want Dwenger to win this game against Lewis tonight because if they can get Lewis to a two-loss team and then tie with Snyder, they do have that outright victory, like you were saying, Anthony, over Snyder, which would give them the SAC title.
2: And we're going to take a quick break as the Carroll marching band plays right now. More to come on the halftime show as we look at scores around the SAC as they continue to put up some points with Noah Lance, Ryan Locke. They'll give you a closer look at Spartan fall sports in this week's episode of Inside Homestead Athletics. More of the OPS Halftime Show coming up after this.
3: Marco's Pizza, located at 10345 Illinois Road, inside the shops of Scott Road. Marco specializes in pizza, subs, and more. Order online at marcos.com or by phone at 625-6800. Thank you, Marcos, for supporting the Point 91 FM and being a proud sponsor of Homestead Media's athletics coverage.
4: And now, let's head back out to the stadium for more Homestead Spartan football right here on the Point 91 FM.
5: Good evening and welcome to another edition of Inside Homestead Athletics right here on the Point 91 FM. I'm your host, Ryan Locke. Noah Lance will join later with an interview. In this episode, we will recap sports scores and records for all homestead sports teams this week. Starting with events from this past week, first up, boys tennis. The boys tennis team took the sectional home with a win Thursday. On Wednesday, the team won 5-0 over Wayne and on Thursday, they were able to claim the sectional title for the 8th straight year, winning 5-0 over Canterbury. Their next match will be Regionals Tuesday when they head to the Carroll Regional. Now on to cross country, on the boys' side, senior Ethan Bates finished 4th place, followed by Chase Molden in 22nd and Aiden Waugh in 25th. Overall, the boys' team finished in 3rd place, bringing their state ranking up to 25th. And the girls' team had a successful week as well at a muddy Huntington North Invitational. The girls' team finished 3rd as the team led by 2nd, 13th, and 14th place finishes from Addison Lauren Sangton, and Lexi Goble. The girls are now ranked 15th in the state. Both teams travel to Terre Haute tomorrow. Up next is volleyball. The volleyball team got the win Tuesday against the Northrop Bruins to 3-0. On the stats sheet, Ellie Spang had three aces, Haley Biedenbach had 23 assists, Addie Tenel had two blocks, Olivia Cron had 15 digs, and Kendall Fry had 13 kills. They fell to the Carroll Chargers last night, three sets 2-0. The team heads to Lafayette-Jefferson tomorrow. Your luck to the ladies. The girls soccer team's game, First Northrop Monday, was canceled, but the team defeated Bishop Dwinger last night by a score of 5-1 to continue the perfect season with a 14-0 record. Goals were tallied by Amelia White with two, Nola Hattie with one, and Sydney Couch with one, and Sophia White with one. The girls play tomorrow at Culver's Academy. Go out and show them support. Finally, the girls golf team. With their regional last Friday with a score of 2.95, their state finals started earlier today and finished tomorrow at Prairie View. Now it's time for an interview where Nolan is caught with sophomore cross-country runner Anthony Gary. Thanks, Ryan. For this week's interview, I'm joined here with junior cross-country runner Anthony Gary. How are you
0: doing today? I'm doing great. Excited for the meet tomorrow. How did you get into cross-country? Uh, I got into cross-country in... Third grade when I played soccer and I decided to do an elementary mile just for fun and I was pretty good at it and I did it all through elementary school and decided to stop playing soccer and ran in middle school and now I'm running in high school. What well, has cross country provided you? Uh, it's provided me with a, a lot of things. One of those being just good endurance in general. Like when I'm working out doing things other than cross country, I've noticed that I have good endurance or running in general and just have good like lung capacity and everything so overall makes my physique a lot better. What do you plan on doing to continue improving your times? Uh, mainly just working hard and the team is as we're getting closer and closer to the postseason most of the runners are gonna start tapering which means cutting down on the mileage a little bit making sure we're more rested for meet days such as sectionals and regionals and then the big semi-state race. What are your goals for the rest of the season? I think the biggest goal for me personally is to beat my older brother's pr of 17 17 and as for the team i think the team's goal is to make it out of semi-state currently we are ranked seventh in semi-state six teams make it to state and it'd be a it'd be pretty awesome for our team to kind of pull the upset and make it to state and that's really our ultimate goal what is the biggest transition from last season to this season I think the biggest transition would be kind of my role on the team last year I was an underclassman a sophomore and then this year with limited seniors on the team I've kind of filled in the role sort of taking care of some of the underclassmen a little bit and just like getting them used to because we have a really really good freshman class of runners and it's kind of getting them adapted to the high school aspect of cross country and getting them you know excited about the sport and making sure they stay for all four years. What has been your favorite part about the season so far? My favorite part of the season is probably just the ride home after a successful meet, like last year or last week against Huntington North or at the Huntington North Invitational. Uh, we all jumped in the pond after after having a great race, beating some teams we normally wouldn't, and we jumped in the pond, swam around, and just like I don't know, had a good time. We were all. Cold and wet afterwards sitting on the bus, but, you know, we were all, it was in an as experience. And you've mentioned it a little bit before, but what is still left for the team this season? Still left for the team is we have a big invitational Nike Twilight where you run at 9 o'clock at night this Saturday, and then uh, after that, it just goes straight into postseason. We have sectionals, with, sectionals and regionals, which will easily get out of and then semi-state which is the big race and then of course state thank you anthony now we'll send it back to you ryan this has
5: been another episode of inside Homestead athletics on behalf of Noah lance and myself thank you for listening and be sure to join us again next week at halftime of friday night's football game against wayne for another episode of inside Homestead athletics
3: Casa Italian Restaurants with four Fort Wayne locations, West Jefferson Boulevard, DuPont Road, Parnell Avenue, and Stellhorn Road, featuring their Casa Borough salad, brick oven pizzas, and over 30 pasta selections. Dine in or carry out available, or let Casa cater your next special occasion. Menus and information at casarestaurants.com. Casa Italian Restaurant, a proud sponsor of Homestead Media. And now, let's head back
4: out to the stadium for more Homestead Spartan football, right here on the Point 91 FM.
2: And welcome back to the LPS Halftime Show. I'm Brayne Carroll, joined by Anthony Gary and Noah Johansmeyer. We got about seven minutes left in this halftime show. Carroll leads 14-3 after 24 minutes of football enjoyment, and we have some stats, some fresh stats from that first half. No, know Meyer bringing us the info.
6: Yeah, and in that first half, Carroll had a total yardage of 184 yards on offense. Homestead with 161. And just the overall game flow throughout this game, it started with three straight punt drives. Then a Carroll long touchdown to Coverstone. 7-0 lead is what Carroll got off of that touchdown. And then Carroll got a pick and returned it to the 9-yard line. Quickly turned that into a touchdown. Got a 14-0 lead. And then Cameron Jarrett for Homestead got a field goal to answer, cutting the lead down to 14 to 3. And then after that, Home- Carol drove down the field all the way into the red zone and then fumbled the ball. Homestead with a big recovery. And then Homestead drove down the field, a 93-yard drive, including an 86-yard reception from Gage Sparrow. But the field goal kick was no good lead stayed 14 to 3 for Carroll. Carroll drove late in the half, got picked off by Isaac Barkis, and that is what took us to halftime with a 14-3 Carroll lead.
2: When you look at the stats really from that first half, what surprises me most is that Homestead only has 23 less yards on offense compared to Carroll, who has 184, Homestead 161, and yet it's an 11-point game where Homestead has only put up 3 points. Well,
0: in over half of those yards came from just one play. The pass to Gage Sparrow, who went 85 yards all the way down into the red zone for the Spartans. But the big thing for Holmes is they haven't been able to capitalize while in the red zone. Carroll's defense, can have to credit them a whole lot. They're playing great zone coverage, preventing the pass, and then the linebackers, Dylan Bennett, Justin Anderson, have just been harassing Desmond Jr. all night long and keeping him out of the end zone.
2: And looking at some scoring updates around the SAC, we promised we'd give you them. And, well, we deliver here on the OPS Halftime Show. Lures leads over Dwinger, 27-21. They take that lead back in the battle of the Bishops. Snyder, Northrup, right now the Panthers in control, 28-6. Wayne still up, 22-14 over Concordia. That Lures dwinger game, that is getting interesting because with there being a missed extra point by Lures now, Whoever takes the lead, there's that much pressure because if Dwenger takes the lead, well, now they have a one-point lead. And if Lures takes the lead, well, now they only have a six-point lead and Dwenger can just take the lead back with a touchdown.
0: You have to think is Lures they should just go for a two-point conversion at this point just to set the ground straight.
2: Might want to wait a little bit later, though. Of course, in that kind of situation, you don't want to make a huge mistake because, of course, there's still time for Dwenger to miss their own extra point. If you want to be aggressive, though, go ahead and take that 14-point lead back or tie the game up. On the other hand, right now Northrop they need a comeback in this game. Down early by 22 points, something's got to change.
0: And yeah, Northrop they really they've got to turn this around a whole lot and just get back in this game. They they, I mean they've got they've really have to work hard and get back into this game if they want to compete.
2: And we're going to take a quick break in this OPS Halftime Show. We will return just minutes away from kickoff of the second half. You're listening to WCYT.org. We will be back
3: after these short messages. Casa Italian Restaurants with four Fort Wayne locations. West Jefferson Boulevard, DuPont Road, Parnell Avenue, and Stellhorn Road. Featuring their Casa Borough salad, brick oven pizzas, and over 30 pasta selections. Dine-in or carry-out available, or let Casa cater your next special occasion. Menus and information at CasaRestaurants.com. Casa Italian Restaurant, a proud sponsor of Homestead Media. Marco's Pizza, located at 10345 Illinois Road, inside the shops of Scott Road. Marco specializes in pizza, subs, and more. Order online at marcos.com or by phone at 625-6800. Thank you, Marcos, for supporting the Point 91 FM and being a proud sponsor of Homestead Media's athletics coverage.
1: Manchester University, committed to making college affordable with the Indiana Tuition Bridge Program. For students who live in Indiana and meet eligibility requirements, the Tuition Bridge Program may eliminate out-of-pocket tuition expenses altogether. Details about the Indiana Tuition Bridge Program and other scholarships are available at manchester.edu.
3: Homestead Athletics coverage is presented by WCYT Lafayette Township, Fort Wayne. Watch all live home broadcasts on YouTube. Just search Homestead Media. Home and away games are broadcast on WCYT.org and 91.1 FM. Homestead Media would like to thank all of our current sponsors for their support of our educational broadcasts. You and your businesses can sponsor individual games or even a full session of video and radio broadcasts. Email our marketing manager, Andy Dunn, at adunn at sacks.k12.in.us. And now, let's head back out to the stadium for more Homestead
4: Spartan football right here on the Point 91FM.
2: Back as the halftime closing out. Carroll leads 14-3 with a
4: fresh set
2: of halftime quarters coming up. And, Anthony, what are your keys to the game for Homestead as they trail by 11 looking for a comeback?
0: I think the biggest key to this second half for Homestead is to execute in the red zone. They've gotten these big plays, and that's another key too. Get big plays, get into the red zone first, and then you have to execute. You really you can't run the ball all the time with Smith Jr. Carroll's, after the first couple of plays of the game, they've sniffed out that run game. And now on the Carroll side, I think th- to keep the lead, what you have to do, you have to burn the clock a lot, run the ball a little bit, and pass short routes to Coverstone because he can work with space.
2: Certainly Carroll going to be looking towards that offense to get the job done. Defense already seemingly through one half of play has completed their side of the bargain holding Homestead to only three points. Carroll more than likely just coming out with some offensive firepower looking to extend that lead beyond 14-3. Maybe double it up, make it
0: 28-3. Yeah, and the Spartans are going to receive the ball at the start of the second half. It's going to be very, very important for the Spartans to strike first and get... This back within a one-possession game.
2: Right now you can see the Homestead doing a little bit of a surrounding of Cameron Jarrett as he's attempting some practice field goals in that first half. Homestead went one of two on field goals. So far, their only points of the game is a 21-yard field goal by Cameron Jarrett. They certainly will need more offensive production than that.
0: And like I said, the big plays that before the big 85-yard play by Gage Sparrow. Homestead really wasn't able to get anything big before that. I mean, their offense has basically consisted of getting to third down and hoping to get lucky on a first down. That's been their offense so far this game. They have to fix that. They have to get a first down on first down or maybe second down.
2: We're going to take one last break coming up the third quarter of play between Homestead and Carroll. We'll be right back.
3: casa italian restaurants with four fort wayne locations west jefferson boulevard dupont road parnell avenue and stellhorn road featuring their casa burro salad brick oven pizzas and over 30 pasta selections dine in or carry out available or let casa cater your next special occasion menus and information at casarestaurants.com. Casa Italian Restaurant, a proud sponsor of Homestead Media.
4: And now, let's head back out to the stadium for more Homestead Spartan football, right here on the Point 91 FM.
2: Carroll returning to their sideline along with Homestead as we inch closer and closer to the start of the second half. Carroll up 14-3 over the Homestead Spartans. Evan Jester getting warmed up, stretched out, stretching those hammies, getting ready for the kickoff. He'll be kicking left to right, and Homestead will be returning right to left in this third quarter.
0: And a big part of this game so far has been turnovers. Talked about at the end, at the start of halftime, end of the first half, and turnovers, they're going to be so key. Homestead's gotten a little bit lucky on their turnovers, had a, recovered a fumble at their own three-yard line and then picked off a deep pass to Coverstone. Isaac is of course, making that huge show-stopping play, but besides those couple of turnovers, Homestead hasn't been able to stop this offense.
2: Nate Anderson deep to return, along with Gage Sparrow, Gage who had the of big return earlier in this game. Northside 21, Southside 7. Evan Jester preparing to kick off to that tandem. And also halftime, Bishop 6'10", 165-pound senior. A little scoring update before this second half gets a rolling. As between Northside and Southside. We haven't given too many updates of that game so far. In fact, during that halftime show, is the only game we didn't have an update for. We said earlier in this game, Southside was up 7-0. Well, Northside 21 unanswered so far as they lead by 14.
0: And Northside, it was a, has Southside a little bit outmatched. Northside's offense, it, although last in point scoring, they have pieces on that offense. Of course, everyone knows the name, Bronte Johnson on that offense,
2: unstoppable. Northside looking to keep the totem pole on the corner of Eden Nettie. Carroll preparing to kick off here. Evan Jester to Nate Anderson. engaged Sparrow kicking against the win. This one at about the five returnable. Nate Anderson will take it to the 15. And he is rocked. Oh, my goodness. What turn. a hit. Down by
1: Carson,
2: Carson Vogt with... The big tackle to set the tone.
0: My goodness, Anderson saw Voke coming. Tried to do a little step, and Voke was all over him, ramming himself into Anderson. He looked. Anderson looked a little bit shaken up on that play, and now Homestead has the ball at their 15-yard line.
2: First and ten at the 15 for Homestead. Slavin the Gun two receivers each side. Snap. Slavin drops back. Slip screen. Incomplete. And Anderson. Knocked down by Mark Murray as he tried to get it to the speedy senior. Second and ten at the 15. The Spartans haven't been able to
0: get a single short within like three-yard pass this entire game. This defensive line's doing a great job. That's the third ball they've swatted down this entire game. It's only
2: the start of the second half. Second and ten at the 15. Slavin in the gun. Three receivers to the right, one to the left. Flag called, and it looks like Tucker Steely jumped on that left side that's going to be offside
1: on Carroll
0: and Steely on the encroachment he's antsy on that right side of the defense to come at Peyton Slavin he's been doing it all night long his second off sides penalty
2: second and five at the 20 for Homestead Sparrow in motion three receivers to the right one to the left shotgun snap. Slavin keeper scrambles 20 and dives down wrestled by Tucker Steely, as he took the dive. Slavin to about the 22-yard line, third and three. And Slavin on the keeper route. He had a good hole up the middle, but
0: not able to make much of it, only getting two yards with his great offensive line making some blocks, unable to get the first down, though.
2: Third and three at the 22, two receivers each side. Des Smith beside Peyton Slavin, the quarterback. Shotgun snap, handoff to Smith up the gut to the 25 and pass the first down marker Run to the 27. Move the chains. First and 10 for Homestead. And these Spartan fans have
0: to be stressed out every time this offense is on the field. Every single first down for like the, the, the last
2: couple of first downs I'd say have come on third down. 11-10 left in the third. Homestead down 14-3. Slavin in the gun. First and 10 at the 37. Three receivers to the right one to the left. Des Smith off to his left hip. Shotgun snap, Slavin drops back, screen complete to Schiltz. Sheds a tackle, Middlefield field to 30, keeps chugging along down at the 33-yard line. Solid gain on the screen brought down by Jorge Valdez. Second and five at the 33-yard line. Schiltz bobbled the ball, was able to hang
0: onto it, and then used his power. He's lining up
2: at a slot
0: slash tight end position. He is the biggest wide receiver for the Spartans, definitely the
2: heaviest he plays
0: middle linebacker he definitely has that strength second and
2: five at the 33 Sparrow in motion, shotgun snap, fake the sweep keeper for Slavin and he barely gets back to the line of scrimmage ran into his own lineman there off the butt of Carter Hall third and four at the 33 and now another
0: Spartan third down can they get another first down of this it's been their entire play get to third down and then worry about getting the first down then
2: Third and four. Another third down at the 33-yard line. Homestead in their own territory. Slavin in the gun. Two receivers each side. Desmith beside him. Carroll backed up showing zone coverage and a blitz. Shotgun snap. Short throw complete to Anderson. Pass the line of scrimmage. First down. Brought down right where he caught it at about the 40. Braden Steely there to make the tackle. But Homestead moves the chains again. First and ten at the 40-yard line.
0: Dangerous play calling still by the Spartans, but it's working so far. Third two times, third down, first down for the Spartans this drive. 9.43 left in the third quarter. Carroll leads
2: 14-3. Homestead trying to start a drive up here. First and ten. slaving at the gun. Two backs in the backfield with him. Shotgun snap. Hand off to Smith up the gut Smith. to the 45 and knocked down. How about the 48-yard line? Nice eight-yard gain there by Dez Smith Jr. Second and two at the 48. And uh, Stead Smith Jr. is actually able to get some yardage
0: on that play's highest yardage as the refs waving their hands in the sky.
2: And it looks like an injury timeout. Ref's a little concerned with Dylan Bennett, who is shaken up after the play. It looks like he's going to head to the sideline, kind of wondering why. But the refs called an injury timeout for him to go off the field.
0: I believe his helmet may have come off on that last play.
2: Second and two at the 48-yard line. Slavin in the gun. Des Smith beside him. Big hefty in front. Anderson fakes the sweep. Snap. handoff to Des Smith off the left guard and not much going there. As he has stopped a yard behind the line Smith of scrimmage. Perry, down by Jackway. On the play. Aaron Jackway making the tackle. The In a third and three now at the 47 for Homestead.
0: Yet yeah, another Spartan third down. Now Dylan Bennett coming back into the game. He's harassed Smith all night long. He's just so important at that inside linebacker position.
2: Third and three at the 47. 8-16 left in third. Homestead down 14-3 over Carroll, or behind Carroll. Slaving the gun, shotgun snap, throw, quick throw on the slant. Complete to Anderson, past the first down marker and brought down at the 46-yard line. Aaron Stewart making the tackle, but not before Anderson gets enough for the first down. And the Spartans are burning the clock off
0: is that a good decision? I don't know. They're down 11 points already four off the clock in just this first drive. They're only at the 47 yard line for the Chargers in
2: four minutes already off the clock. First and ten at the 46 yard line, Homestead now in Carroll territory, slaving in the gun. One receiver to each side, Des Smith behind him, Carroll showing blitz, shotgun snap, Des up the middle. And brought down about two yards in front of the line of scrimmage. Dylan Bennett making the tackle. Second and eight at the 44. And everywhere
0: Desmond Jr.'s Dylan Bennett is there. Spartans really have to worry about Desmond Jr. Again, he's coming off of an injury. He's got nursing that ankle a little bit still. Wearing a wrap. He's protecting that high ankle sprain. It's now second and eight for the Spartans. Looking over to the coach's side to try to come up with a Lake
2: Hall. At the 44-yard line, Slavin in the gun, Desmith behind him, receiver to the left, two to the right, man coverage for Carroll, snap, Smith up the middle, and, and not much the going there. Barely gets back to the line of scrimmage. With the
0: and Desmith Jr. looking a little bit shaken up on that last play.
2: No up gets count. up a no gain. No gain, third and eight. Now with the 44-yard line, Slavin in the gun. Smith the running back behind him you can hear neon nation getting loud and proud for the Carroll Chargers 628 left in the third the press box is literally shaking right now Carroll up 14-3 Slavin in the gun three receivers to the left one to the right shotgun snap Slavin drops back steps up short throw in and out of the hands of Grady swing wanted him on the short in route but Swing, could not keep his hands around it. Fourth and eight forced by this Charger defense.
0: And the Sparns look like they're electing to go for it. And, I mean, they have to. They're down 11 points, and they just took almost six minutes off the clock.
2: This kind of part, in between the 40s, this is exactly where Coach Zulman loves to go for it. Fourth and eight at the 44. Slaving in the gun. It's actually going to be a QB punt. We see this a few times, a little knuckleball. To the far side. Wrestle Market out of bounds. The out of out bounds out of at the twenties, so not a bad result. Actually, they'll keep on walking up to Push the seventeen yard line. So not a bad result on that QB punt for Peyton Slavin. But the failure to execute after
0: taking six minutes off the clock, down 11 points in the second half, that's not what you want to do with the Spartan offense. They've got to start getting first downs earlier and earlier in the drive. They can't keep waiting because now you just gave Carroll the ball back. This offense who has looked pretty much unstoppable despite only having 14 points on the board and only 18 minutes left to play in the game.
2: First and 10 for Carroll at at their own 17. Becker in the gun, two receivers to the right, one to the left. Umstead showing blitz, snap, handoff up the gut, and he goes nowhere. Carmody tried to keep going upfield, but Person stuffs him before he can travel too far up the field. Second and ten at the 17. And it's a good stop for the
0: Spartans. That's now only two
2: downs the Chargers have left to get a first down. Second and 10 at the 17, Becker in the gun, Carmody behind him. Two receivers to the left, one to the right. Shotgun snap, fake handoff, play action, throw, complete on the near side to A.J. Lazoff. cuts up field, past the 35 to the 40 where he is wrestled out of bounds by Carter Coob. First and 10 at the 40-yard line for Carroll. A.J.
0: Lazoff, the tied end, going right into the empty gap.
2: Coverstone pulled Kyle Detweiler's strong safety away. Hurry up offense. Shotgun snap. Carmody Marley up the middle.
7: Harry.
2: About the 44 where he's wrestled down. Jackson Chrisman making the tackle. Second Hirschman. and seven at the 44. Game of three, second down. Hurry up offense. Becker in the gun. Two receivers each side. Second and seven at the 44. Shotgun snap. Throw. Near side completes a cover zone the midfield. Keeps on going to the 45 where he's finally brought down. He shedded the tackle, and Evan Person is not happy about that. Him and Detweiler a little fumed after the missed tackle. First and 10 the 45 for the Chargers. Minute or four minutes and 45 seconds left in the third up, 14-3. Carroll still moving quick, two receivers to the left. Becker. In the gun, Carmody behind him, snap, fake the handoff, play action, rolls left, pressure coming, deep throw, and tipped out of bounds by Isaac Barkas. That was intended for Cooper Rudolph at about the 25, but Isaac Barkas in the way to get a paw up there and deflect it. Second and 10 at the 45.
0: Isaac is a little angry at himself, not coming down with the interception. Almost had it. And going back a couple plays, Kyle Detweiler with two missed tackles. Evan Person clearly showing his emotions at Detweiler,
2: telling him to get his head in the game. Second and 10 at the 45. Shotgun snap, handoff to Carmody, to the left guard. 45 and knocked down at the 39 yard line. Solid gain by Carmody again. Tackled by knocked down by Austin Keezer. Third at the and line. four at Spartan the 39. Carroll trying to put this game away,
0: moving fast, put this game out of reach of the Spartans.
2: Becker in the gun. Carmody behind him, or beside him, I should say. Three receivers to the left, one to the right. Blitz showed. Delayed handoff. Carmody to the right side. Right hash. past the 40 and knocked down at the 35-yard line. Aaron Ragnar. Carter Koob, Jackson Chrisman among the pile of tacklers there and it's not good enough for the first down though fourth and inches but Carroll going to opt to go for it. It looks like they're gonna mark him with the first down. First generous ball placement by the refs. First and ten at the 35 as the refs give them the first down just barely. Hurry up offense still. 339 left in the third. Carroll up 14-3. Shotgun snap. Becker drops back, short throw, completes a coverstone for about 10 yards. Stone. A nice curl route by Coverstone by the yard to the 35-yard line. And that good enough for the first down.
0: Coverstone moving quickly. Down. He's shifty. He may be small, but he's fast and able to catch those low balls.
2: Becker alone in the backfield. Three receivers to the left, to the right. Hurry up offense. Keeps himself on the QB draw, fake screen, sheds a tackle to the 25-20, and finally wrestled down by Isaac Barkas at the 16-yard line, a 9-yard gain on the QB draw by Jeff Becker. Second and one down to the 16-yard line with three minutes left in the third. It is not easy to shed a tackle from Jackson Chrisman, and he just did. Jeff Becker. Quarterback Carmody behind him, two receivers, each side. Snap. Throw to Coverstone. The end zone almost had the one handed grab and a flag thrown. That might be pass interference on somebody. There was a hands between both Barkas and Coverstone. It could be on either one of them. But Jamison Coverstone almost came up with a fantastic grab. And it looks like it's probably going to be on Isaac Barkis.
0: The pass interference. He had a hand on. Coverstone's shoulder pad
2: can't do that that would have been a touchdown if Coverstone it caught it and it will be P.I. on mm-hmm. Isaac Barkas first down automatic first down for Carroll really that was kind of a desperation moment had to do it to stop the touchdown but a first and ten now at the nine first and goal Becker under center two receivers each side blitz showing Halfback toss to Carmody to the near side, 10-5. Still up, spins past a tackle from Carter Coob and wrestled out of bounds by Isaac Barkas at the one-yard line. Becker and Carmody, they just refuse to be knocked down on the ground. And they're really making this homestead defense look poor,
0: missing so many
2: tackles. 240 left in the third, first and goal at the one. QB sneaked by Becker and he goes nowhere. Ran into his own O lineman, had nowhere to go. Third and goal with the one and a flag thrown late after the whistle.
0: It's there it's getting chippy. We said it would get chippy in this rivalry matchup and some words were exchanged. This one's going to be on Carroll, it looks like. As the refs are discussing who to penalize.
2: If this is on Carroll, that,
4: that
1: is
2: certainly something that Coach Dynan's not going to be happy about.
4: After the play over. Conduct. Offense and
2: it is on Carroll, unsportsmanlike conduct, a little extracurricular activity. And now Carroll trying to figure out what to do is their third down and goal way out. Is now third and goal back at the 16-yard line. Becker in the gun, more than likely a pass coming up here. Three receivers to the right, one to the left. Those receivers to the right bunched up. Carmody behind him. Shotgun snap. A little fake toss, a flea flicker. Becker, pressure coming, and Homestead, they sniff that fake out. Becker keeps himself before. Oh, whoa, what a hit, and that's a late flag. That's going to be a penalty on Aaron Wagner. Way too much power on that hit. More than might certainly from Aaron Wagner. That's going to be on Homestead. You cannot do that.
0: And the referees discussing Jeff Becker was surrendering himself to go out of bounds, and Aaron Wagner with the RKO tackle over the head,
2: throwing him out of bounds. Wagner pleading his case, and he's going to argue that that shouldn't be a penalty. But I mean, you cannot do that. That is a late hit. And unnecessary roughness for a reason. Third down. And boy, this game is getting chippy already. Oh boy, and nobody on Homestead's side agrees with the call.
0: I mean, it, it is a very 50-50 play call.
7: And
2: you can't see it, but I will tell you, Aaron Wagner literally picked Becker up as he was heading out of bounds and threw him over his shoulder. It's, it's a tough penalty to call, but... In my mind, it was the right penalty to call.
0: And yeah, the reason I say it was a 50-50 call and why it could be debated both ways is it looked like Becker wasn't necessarily surrendering himself out of bounds. He was more going for the hit on Wagner, as we've seen him do a couple times tonight, and Wagner wasn't going to have any of it. Maybe a way, not maybe, definitely excessive force use, though.
2: Third and goal at the 9. Becker in the gun. Three receivers to the left, one to the right. Carmody behind him. Homestead showing blitz. Two twelve left in the third. Carroll up 14-3. Shotgun snap. Becker drops back. Rolls left, keeps himself 10-5, still on his feet and tripped up at the 7-yard line. Fourth and goal Forest after 2-yard scramble, and here comes the kicking team to line up for the extra point or field goal, but it is pretty much an extra point range.
0: Chip shot,
2: Homestead made one earlier and
0: missed one earlier. We'll see what Carroll can do, but a couple penalties really even out 15-yard penalty on Carroll, then a 15-yarder on the Spartans, and now it's going to be a
2: fourth down field goal. 24 yard field goal here for Sebastian Lopez up through the uprights and good, no problem on the right hash, 24 yards out for Sebastian Lopez the All-SAC second teamer last season, and Carroll takes the 17-3 lead with a minute 25 left in the third over Homestead.
3: Marcos Pizza, located at 10345 Illinois Road, inside the shops of Scott Road. Marcos specializes in pizza, subs, and more. Order online at marcos.com or by phone at 625-6800. Thank you, Marcos, for supporting the Point 91 FM and being a proud sponsor of Homestead Media's athletics coverage.
4: And now, let's head back out to the stadium for more Homestead Spartan football, right here on the Point 91 FM.
2: Welcome back to Carroll Stadium. Where, home, where Carroll's lead 17-3 with a minute 25 left in the third quarter. After the field goal by Sebastian Lopez from 24 yards out, resulted in three points, now a 14-point lead for Carroll. And the music playing here at Carroll Stadium.
0: It's got people up and moving. They're playing that music, I'll tell you.
2: Evan Jester lining up for the kickoff.
7: A lot of dubstep here being played by the
2: Carroll DJ. Getting Neon Nation hyped. You'd wear neon too at Dubstep Festival. That's exactly what Carroll's done for a long time. Kickoff against the wind. Returnable not as it heads Into the end zone for a touchback at about the H on the Chargers logo in the end zone. And here comes the Spartan O at the 20-yard line with a first and 10 fresh set of downs and the opportunity to make this a one-possession game, which they desperately need to do on this drive.
0: And, you know, with with this game getting really, really physical and getting passionate, we'll say, between the players, you know, you can expect this defense, who has played phenomenal all night long, laying out big hits, you can expect them. To have targets on Nate Anderson, Peyton Slave, and Dead Smith Jr.'s backs as they're going in for the hit.
2: Minute 25 left in the third. Carroll up 17 to 3. Homestead needs some kind of score here to gain momentum. Looking at some scores in the SAC. Wayne up 28-14. Brewers still up 27-21 over Dwinger. Snyder leads 35-6 over Northrup, And Southside still down 7-21 against the Legends of Northside.
0: Some good rivalry games going on in the SAC this week.
2: First and ten at the 20-yard line for Homestead. Slavin in the gun. Two receivers to his left, one to the right. Des Smith behind him. Shotgun snap, handoff up the middle. Smith past the 20, yeah. and up the a pile of Chargers brings him down at the 23-yard line.
0: A couple extra whistles blown Eight, to keep three. the players off one another. It's no, getting it's getting dirty down there in the trenches. Second both lines getting really physical.
2: Second and seven at the 23-yard line. A minute left in the third. Slaving in the gun. Two receivers to the left, one to the right. Des Smith beside him on the left hip. Two linebackers back for Holmes, for Carroll's. Shotgun snapped. throw complete on the far side to Grant Heyer. He hasn't gotten much action this year, but that's a nice reception for the senior. Third and two now for Homestead at the 28. Only Grant
0: Heyer's second reception and second target of the year. He was a starting wideout earlier in the season, lost the roll to Grady's swing, and it's good to see him get a reception.
2: Third and two now, 20 seconds left in the third. Shotgun snap. Smith up the middle, breaks through the line, past the 30, past the first down marker to the 32-yard line.
0: And gets the first down. Desmith Smith Jr. does what he needs to, just gets two yards and a couple extra after the first down. And that's another scenario which Homestead had to wait until third down to get the first down. The fourth time in a row for the Spartans.
2: Clock under 10 seconds left in the third. Homestead might run one quick play here. They're lined up as if they will. Two seconds, I don't think they're going to get it off in time and they won't. One quarter of play left. Carroll up 17-3. Can Homestead make the comeback? We'll find out after this because we got 12 minutes of football left.
3: The Point is WCYT 91.1 Lafayette Township, Fort Wayne, a broadcast service of Homestead High School, presented by Homestead Media online at WCYT.org. The Point 91 FM, where music is the point. Casa Italian Restaurants, with four Fort Wayne locations, West Jefferson Boulevard, DuPont Road, Parnell Avenue, and Stellhorn Road. Featuring their Casa Borough salad, brick oven pizzas, and over 30 pasta selections. Dine in or carry out available, or let Casa cater your next special occasion. Menus and information at casarestaurants.com. Casa Italian Restaurant, a proud sponsor of Homestead Media. And
4: now, let's head back out to the stadium for more Homestead Spartan football, right here on the Point 91FM.
2: Final stands of American football coming up. Carroll leads 17-3 over Homestead. 12 minutes left. Carroll moving right to left. Homestead left to right as Slavin leads the Spartan offense at the 32-yard line with a fresh set of downs. Two receivers each side. Desmith beside him. Carroll showing blitz off the edges. Snap. Play action. Slavin. Throw. Incomplete. Intended for Gage Sparrow at the 45-yard line, but... Not quite to him. Second and 10 at the 32. Coverage
0: by Justin Anderson. Breaking up the pass to Gage Sparrow. That was another short post route to Gage Sparrow that Slavin was looking
2: for. You see that route all the time. Usually works. Second and 10 at 32. Same formation. Slavin drops back. Throwing deep downfield to Anderson. And in front of his feet. Could not get it far enough to Nate Anderson. Third and 10 after two incompletions. It looked like coming out of the quarter
0: time end of quarter time out Coach Skelton probably said Slavin you have to start throwing the ball deeper because we don't have much time to
2: work with and both times there incomplete pass. Big third down third and ten at the Homestead 32 Slavin in the gun two receivers each side blitz showing snap, play action, Slavin darts downfield, incomplete couldn't get it to Sparrow that's three incompletions and three two short passes by Peyton Slavin, here comes the punt team. Justin
0: Anderson again, the exact same route the exact same pass deflection it was a mere image play for Justin Anderson all he had to do was stay in front
2: of the ball knock it down, and now Homestead has to punt Carter Dixon, the punter
7: they ready to send it to Hanson Hafner.
2: Lined up at the 35. Fourth and 10 at the 32. Good snap. Solid punt. Hafner signals fair catch at the 29. And here comes the Charger offense hoping to extend the lead and put this game away. This is such an uber important drive for the Spartan defense.
0: They have to get a turnover. I mean, that's the only way that Homestead can really get back in this game, down two possessions with only 11.43 left to play. They've got to get a turnover and get the ball back in the offense's hands as fast as they can.
7: A
2: little scoring update here. Dwinger now leads 28-27 over Lures. takes the one-point lead. That's huge. First and 10 at the 30. Becker in the gun, two receivers each side. Carmody behind him. Snap. Becker drops back. Plenty of time. Throws downfield over the head of Cooper Rudolph. Had him open. He had some space on Austin Kieser. But over the head, into the sideline, 2nd and 10 at 30.
0: And Becker just testing out his arm right there, throwing to a new target that time. A.J. Lass
2: unable to connect with him on the deep pass. 2nd and 10 at the 30-yard line. Becker in the gun. Two receivers to each side again. Carmody behind him again. Kieser and Barkus, the safety's back. Pass the first down marker for Homestead. Man covered. Shotgun snap. Handoff to Carmody. Off to the right side. Pass the right hash. Carmody. 35. Knocked down at the 38 yard line. Solid gain by Carmody. About eight North yards. And Euro a late flag. Feet. Again, another late flag.
7: Seven, Kyle
2: Kyle Detweiler making the tackle, but we'll see what this flag is. In this one, and the Carroll players already walking back. It looked like
0: Cooper Rudolph said some words to the referee and head ref having none of it.
2: Third and two. at Carroll's Zone 38, but this might be moved back if this is on Carroll.
4: After the play was over, like conduct on the and
2: it is on Carroll and sportsmanlike conduct. The down
1: third,
2: down. third down and the ref's going to move that ball way back. 15-yard penalty. Third and 17 now at the 23.
0: And in a game like this, where offensive, where unsportsmanlike conducts and late hits have been called fairly loosely, you can't say anything to the ref. And Cooper Rudolph making a mistake there, trying to talk to him, ref having none of it.
2: 3rd and 17 at the 23 for Carroll got a lot of ground to cover here on this down Becker in the gun, two receivers each side, Carmody behind him Homestead showing the linebacker blitz from Person watch out for him on the right side, shotgun snap, drops back pocket collapses, Becker he's sacked! Brought down Max Schultz getting the sack at the line of scrimmage. Fourth and 17. And Homestead makes a crucial stop with 11 minutes left in the third. And it was a duo play between Matt
0: Miller and Max Schultz to bring down Jeff Becker. Becker's done a great job of escaping out of the pocket, but Max Schultz was not going to let him go, barely grabbing him by the ankle, stopping him from getting into open territory.
2: 4th and 17th, 23. Evan Jester lining up for this punt. Good snap, and that one is a shank into the sideline. Flag thrown. Evan Person might have gotten a little too aggressive on the return block. Punt doesn't get even to the first down marker. They will call that a 16-yard punt by Evan Jester, but we'll see what this flag is. It might move Homestead back a little bit.
0: And Evan Person just laying out the block. The whistles were already blown, pushing his guy down. You can't do that, especially with so many flags have been thrown in this second half.
2: I'll tell you, as a former punter, a shank is one of the worst feelings that you can have on the football field as a punter. A kick, on the team. And that is and going to be holding on Homestead.
1: First down, hold Evan in.
2: Person did get a little too handsy on that block. So move Homestead 10 yards back. First and 10 at the Carroll 49, 10-40 left in the fourth quarter. Carroll leads 17-3, but Homestead ample field position to drive down the field and maybe make this a one-possession game. Slavin in the gun, two receivers each side. Des Smith off to his right hip. Shotgun snap. Slavin drops back, screen, Anderson incomplete. Playback, the Western complete, Michigan commit complete. dropped that one and a second and 10 at the 49 now. So much pressure 49. on Nate Anderson right there. It looks like the crowd's getting a little loud here. Crucial time now for the Chargers defense. Second and 10 at the 49. Slavin in the gun, same formation. Snap, hand off to Smith, off to the left side, and he is wrestled and brought a to a stop by Tucker Steely, yeah, by Tucker the stud Steely. outside linebacker. Ball is up to charge. four-yard gain there to the 45, second or third and six. We, we a haven't a. seen the Spartans
0: do many the deep shots Nation. over the middle of the field Fire at all this game. Down. They haven't done a single one, and that seems to be their most successful play call. A deep shot over the middle to Nate Anderson. Haven't seen it once though this game.
2: Slavin in the gun. Two receivers each side. Third and six at the 45. Ten minutes left in the fourth. Down 14. Slavin drops back. Pass to Swing. In and out of the hands. Another drop by this receiving core from Homestead. Swing had open space at the 35. Fourth and six forced.
0: And you, know, and you know he is upset about that. The route was perfect into open space on the right hash. And just straight in and out of the hands of Grady's swing. Hayes hanging his head low, but Spartans, they need to go for it on fourth down.
2: Homestead knows what time it is. It's desperation time as they are going for it here on fourth down. Fourth and six at the 45, 9.55 left in the fourth. Sparrow in motion, moves to the left, three receivers over there. Slavin, drops back, throw, complete this time. Swing grabs it at the 35. He gets another opportunity and converts. Move the chains, first and ten at the
0: 35-yard line for Homestead. Huge morale booster for Grady's swing. He's hanging his head low, and Peyton Slavin says, hey, I trust you again. The exact same route, exact same
2: play call. First down for the Spartans. Hurry up offense here for Homestead. Schultz in motion, three receivers now to the left, one to the right, first and 10 at the 33, Slavin. Fakes the handoff, QB keeper, and he goes harmlessly down past the 30 to the 24-yard line. Had some solid space there on the little read option keeper. Second and and one now at the 24-yard line, 9-15 left in the fourth quarter. Carroll still up 17-3.
0: Spartans really trying to hurry it up a little bit and keep the defense on their toes, running different
2: plays each time. Slavin in the gun, two receivers each side. Desmith beside him, second and one at the 24. Drops back, rolls right, throw down the field. Almost intercepted. A dangerous throw by Peyton Slavin. A little too high and out of the reach for Jorge Valdez. Third and one now at the 24 for Homestead. This has to be a situation to just run it up the middle.
0: And yeah, third and one. Just get the first down for now, and worry about the touchdown later. The pass was a toss up to Gay Sparrow, who's only five eleven. Not necessarily the play call you want there, and the look—it was almost picked off.
2: Third and one, eight fifty-six left in the fourth. At the twenty-four yard line, Homestead needs to convert. Man in motion, shotgun snap, handoff up the middle to Smith. He gets the first down. <laughs> About two yards gained there, it's enough for the first for Des Smith. And move those chains that for the Spartans. Good. Hurry up first offense, down. first in 10 at the 23. Slavin, deep throw, incomplete. Anderson, Anderson, double Incoming. coverage, had no chance to catch that Both one over the head. Second and 10 at the 21, 8.44 left in the fourth quarter. Carroll still up 17-3. The
0: Spartans ran that play three times against Snyder, and it worked a couple of the times where they get a first down and they throw it to Nate Anderson on the outside. That ball just slightly overthrown into the quarter of the end zone.
2: Second and 10 at the 21. Slavin in the gun, two receivers each side, shotgun snap. Going to keep it himself, pocket collapses, and he just tumbles to the ground at the line of scrimmage. Absolutely nowhere to go. Pressure coming from all sides. And now a third and 10 for Homestead. Seems like they're always in a third down situation, but this one is critical at the 21 yard line, down 14. And Carroll's getting loud. Homestead, they've got to feel nervous. Big third down. Tight package, two receivers each side. Slavin drops back, taking the snap. Plenty of time, throw downfield. Complete, Gage Sparrow. What a catch! No, incomplete. In and out of the hands. It looks like he caught it for a minute, but jarred out at the last second. Tight coverage from Brayden Steely, and a fourth and ten. Homestead keeping the offense out there. They're going to go
0: for it with eight minutes left. And there
2: was a little bit of confusion
0: for, between the refs. Sideline judge called it complete, but the back ju- the back referee called it incomplete. Now it's a big. Fourth down for the Spartans.
2: Back ref, of course, closest to the play. Can't argue with him. And here's the big fourth down. Fourth and ten at the 21. Can Carroll make the stop? That could ice this game. First a timeout. A little drama to build it up, huh? Call
4: it
0: and now Homestead, they're going to have to, they're really going to have to, I mean, they, they get, don't get a first down here. The game is for The most part over Spartans needing just something, they need points on the board, and going for fourth and ten means they need a touchdown.
2: And during this timeout, looking at some score updates in the SAC provided by one Noah Johanningsmeyer. Quick thank you to Noah Johanningsmeyer, love the work he's doing today. How about Lures down 35 7. Twanger, they have taken control of the game up eight. Snyder leads 42 6 over Northrop Wayne. 28-20 over Concordia. The Cadets closing in on a comeback there. And north side up 28-7 over Southside.
0: Bishop Dwanger shaking up the conference right now. Unbelievable. Up eight over the undefeated Bishop Lewis Knights.
2: And back to this game as the timeout ends. Fourth and ten at the 21. Homestead needs the conversion here. While Carroll, a stop here. Could very well push this game further into their hands. Eight minutes left in the fourth. Carroll leads 17-3. Fourth and ten. Slavin in the gun. Three receivers to the right. One to the left. Carroll showing blitz. Snap. Slavin drops back. Short throw. Complete to Schultz. Does he get there? They will give him the first down. Gets to the 11-yard line. The marker was the 12. And that's a big game but a flag Late on the field. And Homestead, they're marching back. If this is on
0: Homestead, a heartbreaking penalty. Max Schultz powering his way. The senior captain, 10 yards to get the first down. The refs really discussing this one. There's been a lot of laundry on the field this game.
2: Refs still talking it out.
4: After the play was over... Unsportsmanlike conduct on Homestead. That is unsportsmanlike conduct on
2: Homestead. It'll still be a first down because it was after the play, but that does move Homestead back, and with 7.54 left in the fourth quarter, you can't lose big chunks of yardage like that. The Spartans with a fresh set of downs, but in the
0: end, they move back three yards from where they were on that last play. Now they have a long ways to go for a first down and the end zone.
2: First and 25 at the 26-yard line. 754 left in this ball game. Carroll leads 17-3. Homestead been driving down the field on this little possession that they've got going. Need a score here, need a touchdown specifically. Keep their chances within a realistic. Grab.
7: And the
1: question was, would it be first twenty five or first ten? rules, the ball not been put ready for play. It will be first and ten.
2: I don't know if you could hear that, but according to IHSA rules, instead of a first and twenty five, since it was after the fourth down play and not before the first and ten play, it will be first and ten instead of first and twenty five. A little clarification there by the refs who have done an outstanding job so far. Gotta appreciate their work. And the refs, they've this is a rivalry
0: matchup. There's gonna be talking, but there is a limit between talking some trash and saying some things that should not be said, and the refs have done a good job of calling those penalties tonight.
2: First and ten at the twenty six. Hoare homestead slaving in the gun, two receivers each side. Smith behind him. Snap. Short throw complete on the slant route to Anderson he gets past the first down marker down at the 15 yard line move the chains that wouldn't have, that wouldn't have been a first down if they kept it first and 25 but refs get in the way of it and it's a first and 10 at the 15 740 left in the game Spartans looking to strike for the first time tonight in the red zone hurry up offense Slavin snap drops back throw Tipped, incomplete, intended to Anderson, but Tucker Steely in the way of it. Second and ten at the 15. Steely has really proved himself to be your defensive
0: player of the year in the SAC. And I I mean, at this point, you can't disagree with with the things you're bringing up. He has five forced fumbles on the season. The way he's playing tonight is just outstanding.
2: Second and ten at the 15-yard line. Slavin, handoff to Smith up the middle, past the 15. Pushing the pile and knocked down... At, they will mark him down at the nine yard line. Solid gain there by Dez Smith for about six yards, third and four.
0: And the Spartans, they really oh, needed to get in the end zone with just over seven minutes left in the game. That's the Spartan student nothing. section is thinning out a little bit as it looks yeah. unlikely for the Spartans to come back, but you never know, that's the thing.
2: There's still plenty of ball time to be played. Seven minutes left, third and four for Homestead at the nine. Down 17-3. They need something here. Clock rolling. Slavin in the gun. Two receivers each side. Smith behind him. Snap. Slavin. Throws toward the end zone to Swing. Caught. Touchdown, Homestead. Grady Swing Grady with the completion 14, along Grady. the near side, and Homestead cuts Grady. into the lead. Grady Swing.
0: The ball was thrown up to Swing, and he does exactly what his six-four self needed to do, jump up and catch the ball just using his height as an advantage, catching the ball over Aaron Stewart, who only stands at 5'10". The height mismatch, six-inch difference right there, was picked apart by Peyton Slavin. Huge touchdown for the Spartans.
2: Great swing, we'll need those hands again as the holder here on this extra point. Cameron Jarrett attempting it. The senior Noblesville transfer. Last week, five of six on PATs. Flag thrown before the snap. We'll see what this one's on. Been a lot of penalties in this game so far. A little chippy between Homestead and Carroll. The 49th meeting between these two teams. Homestead leads the series 36-12 and is on a seven-game win streak right now. Next year is going to be the big 50th meeting between these two. That will be a hyped game at Homestead, Dave Walters Memorial Stadium. Can't wait for it next year. It was an offsides on Carroll, so ball barely moved up for the point after. Up and no problem for Cameron Jarrett. 640 left in the fourth quarter. Homestead chipping into the lead. Carroll leads 17-10. They get the ball back. What will the defense do?
3: most Southwest Grill. Located at 6739 West Jefferson Boulevard, next to Dunkin' Donuts, Baskin Robbins. Specializing in Southwestern foods like burritos, tacos, and nachos. For full menus and to order online, go to moes.com. Moe's Southwest Grill, a proud sponsor of Homestead Media. And
4: now, let's head back out to the stadium for more Homestead Spartan football, right here on the Point 91 FM.
2: Welcome back as Carol leads 1710 after the Nine-yard touchdown between Slavin and Swing on the reception. 6.40 left in the fourth quarter. Looking at some scoring updates in the SAC. Lures Dwingers is getting interesting as Lures scored the touchdown and got the two-point conversion, the critical two-point conversion. Tie it up at 35 in the fourth. That's huge. Bishop
0: Lures getting that two-point conversion. We said they would need to get one eventually, and now it's all knotted up over there. At Bishop Dwanger, Battle of the Bishops. And they
2: it up. Weighing up 28-20 over Concordia. The other game, Snyder and Northside handling their opponent, opponents pretty well. Snyder 42-6 over Northrop. Northside 28-7 over Southside. Car Dixon lining up for this kickoff against the wind, but that will still head into the end zone. Car Dixon quite the cannon he's got for a right foot, and here comes the Carroll D, The Carroll offense ready to get going with the opportunity to put this game away but Homestead their defense has the opportunity to keep the game alive. Now Homestead's defense they've got to
0: get a stop and all Carroll's offense need to do is run the clock down play as slow and methodical as you need to just get a couple first downs run the ball let Jeff Becker use his
2: legs. And actually, score of north side, South side, not 21-7. It is currently 21-20, a close game there. We we're a little behind on the updates. Hard to find north side, South side, right now. With some updates, first and 10 at the 20 for Carroll. 6.40 left in the fourth quarter, up seven. Hand off to Carmody, to the right side,
1: 25-20. Nine-yard
2: line is where he's wrestled down by Isaac Barkas, solid ball, gain ball, by Luke Carmody for about nine yards, yards. second and one at the 29-yard line.
8: And Carmody
0: is able to get nine yards, that's just what he needs to do this entire possession for Kale. just run the ball, run the clock down, let it tick away.
2: Second and one at the 29-yard line, Jeff Becker, the South Dakota State commit, the quarterback, Carmody behind him, two receivers to each side. Isaac Barkas, the safety deep for Homestead, man coverage showing. Corner's backing up. Snap. Handoff to Carmody. Mommy he barely James gets three. back to line of scrimmage. Jackson right Chrisman down. in there to make the tackle along with along with no Matt Miller. And and both DNs getting in there. Third and one at the twenty nine.
0: Jackson Chrisman has been such an essential part of this defense. You haven't heard his name a lot tonight, but he is he's the leading sack leader in the SAC and that's for a reason he's so physical and dominant on that defensive line.
2: 525 left in this game. Carroll leads 17-10, third and one at the 29, Homestead could get a big stop here, Becker in the gun, three receivers to his left, one to his right, Carmody beside him, snap, handoff to Carmody, breaks free past the line, past the 35 to the 40-yard line, move the chains, first down for Carroll and that is critical. Kyle Detweiler making the
0: show-stopping tackle. Last man alive for the Sparns. Man, cover, uh, sorry, Carmody has just run over this Homestead defense all night long, and they've got to find a stop for him in this last possession.
2: Five minutes left in the game. Carroll up 7, 17-10 over their rival. Homestead Spartans looking to, for their first win in eight years. Becker in the gun. Carmody behind him. Three receivers to the left, one to the right. Snap, handoff, faked, Becker takes the read option to the near side to the 40 and That's pushed out of bounds a by theory. Ethan Dorsey at the 45-yard line is where they'll mark him yard down. Line. Nice five-yard gain, second and five at the
0: 45. Second and you down. know Jeff Becker is fast when he outruns Eben Person all the way to the sideline.
2: Second and five at the 45-yard line. Becker in the gun, snap, handoff to Carmody, pass the line to midfield and wrestled down by Isaac Barkas. At the 49-yard line, Carroll breaks into Homestead territory and moves the chains for the first down with 4.29 left in the game. And now you can see where all the clock that Homestead took off, all the time
0: Homestead took off the clock on their offense possessions is really starting to hurt them as the clock keeps going. Tick, 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 tick and Carroll just keeps getting first downs.
2: First and 10 at the Homestead 49. Carroll leads by seven, looking to ice this game with four minutes remaining. Becker in the gun, two receivers each side, Carmody behind him, one receiver deep, or one safety deep for Homestead, Isaac Barkus Snap, handoff to Carmody, past the line, past the 50-yard not line not and hearing. wrestled down by, by Max Schiltz at the 46-yard oh, line. 3 yard gain, second and 7 at the 46. And all
0: Carroll has to do is they just have to get a first down within these next two plays in this game. Might not be mathematically over, but if it would at best for the Spartans,
2: leave them with a couple seconds on the clock. 3:30 left in the game, second and 7 at the 46 yard line for Carroll. Becker looking at the play sheet around his wrist. In the gun. Three receivers to the right, one to the left. Carmody behind him, snap. Hand off to Carmody off the hip of the right guard. Past the line of scrimmage for about two yards. Not much going
0: there. Credit to this offensive line, although not really helping out on that play. The right guard, Tyler Weisserma, right tackle Max Malcolm. have really done a great job on that right side of the field for Carmody this entire game. 2.45
2: left. Third and five. This is a crucial third down. Homestead realistically needs a stop here at the 44-yard line. Becker in the gun. Homestead. Tight package on defense. They're preparing for a run here. Three receivers to the right, one to the left. Carmody beside. Snap and, oh, a broken play. Becker will keep it himself, but he's got nowhere to go. Becker on the carry. Whatever plan... Becker had there, did not work out. Miscommunication between Becker and Carmody. No gain, about a yard actually. Fourth and five at the 44 as Homestead makes the stop and a quick timeout for the Spartans to stop the clock at 2.20.
0: And now the Spartans really have a shot in this game. And with 2.20 left, most likely getting the ball back on a punt. The Spartans will have some time to work with and maybe make a huge drive like Bishop Lures did against Homestead a couple weeks ago.
2: And the big question here is, does Carroll go for it? Realistically, they might, with about two minutes left in this game, the only risk is that Homestead would get it pretty much still backed up in their own territory. But the reward is so much higher and pretty much icing the game.
0: And I think the play call for Carroll you have to punt and it looks like that's what they're going to do the risk is just too high that you have five yards to get of course you trust Jeff Becker or Luke Carmody to get those yards but you have to have trust in your 11 man defense a lot more to get
2: the big stop on defense fourth and five at the 44 and Carroll will punt Evan Jester out there averages 33.2 yards per punt net so that includes the return Carroll up 17-10, but Homestead getting the ball back with the opportunity to tie this game up. 2.20 left in the ball game. This has been an exciting one. High snap, Jester handles it. Nice spiraling punt of beauty. But it takes a Homestead bounce into the the end zone. Carroll had the opportunity to keep that one in, but Julian Reiterheim did not have the wheels to get down there in time Homestead will start off with it at the 20 yard line 2 12 to work with
0: and you know regardless of the ball bouncing in the end zone an incredible punt by Jester putting Homestead now with 80 yards to go
2: here we go first and ten at the 20 yard line Homestead down seven can they drive down the field 80 yards to tie it up two receivers each side slaving the quarterback Desmith behind him. Neon Nation getting loud here at Carroll Stadium. This might be an instant classic. Snap. Play action. Slavin. Short. Incomplete. Had Anderson, but threw it a little bit to his right.
7: Almost an interception
2: opportunity for Ethan Beaupre. But... Went to his feet. Second and 10 at the 22.08 left. And I'll tell you what, this is the time Peyton
0: Slavin needs to step up and show his leadership. He's only a junior, but if he's going to want this starting job next year, now is the time to prove it. Huge game winning drive. Players aren't defined by their losses; they're just defined by their best victories.
2: Second and 10 at the 20. Slavin snap, drops back. Plenty of time. Throw completes Anderson at the 30 on the left hash. And he's wrestled down right where he caught it. Pass is complete. Good for 10 yards. Will they give him the first down, however? They will. They first and 10 for Homestead. 10-yard down. game between Slavin and Anderson. Minute 59 left. It's time for the two-minute drill. And here come the Spartans. They've got 70 yards to get downfield. Slavin to
0: Anderson. Watch it, watch it, watch it.
2: Here comes the hurry-up offense. Two receivers, two Right, one to the left, slaving in the gun, snap, rolls right, plenty of time. Slip screen complete to to Dez Smith. He has plenty of space past the first down line and wrestled out of bounds off the far side at the 44-yard line. The screen worked perfectly as Slavin in the O-line rolled right and left Dez Smith wide open.
0: And Dez Smith was nice and patient, didn't really sell it. He acted like he gave up on the play in just the right amount of time, turned around, caught the ball, ran
2: 15 yards for the big first down. Minute 32 left. Homestead down seven, first and ten at the 44-yard line. Score is 17-10 in favor of Carroll. Slavin in the gun, snap, drops back, plenty of time. Throws downfield, in and out of the hands, almost a one-handed grab by Gage Sparrow. Could not hang on to it. minute 27 left now, second and ten at the 44. Still 56 yards to cover for the Spartans.
0: Slavin taking some risky passes. That one thrown into quadruple co- coverage. Gates Sparrow getting one hand out, trying to make the catch, but more importantly, stopping the interception from happening.
2: Second and ten at the 44. Slaving in the gun. Three receivers to the right, one to the left. Snap. Drops back. Pressure coming. Schultz wide open at the 45. Complete. Near side to midfield and brought down at the 48-yard line. Inbound, so clock keeps rolling. Minute 13 left. Hurry up offense. Second and three. Clock rolling, two receivers each side, third down. Slavin, snap, drops back, pocket collapses, keeps it himself. Pass the first down marker to the 45. Huge gain by Peyton Slavin, the improv king. And first down for Homestead with a minute left. Down seven, but they're driving. The clock is cooking, Peyton. Slavin's got to get something going fast. 45 yards to go, less than 50 seconds. Slavin in the gun, two receivers to each side again, snap rolls left, plenty of time, great blocking, downfield, was that intercepted, they will say no, incomplete, Ethan Beaupre almost had the pick but hit the ground before he could get his arms around it, second and ten, Homestead offense comes up lucky there. Sparrow can't believe it, he thought it was pass interference,
0: got tripped up on the curl route, unable to get Unable to get the pass, the interception was dropped. Spartans 43 seconds to score. They have 45 yards to cover.
2: Second and 10 at the 45-yard line. Slavin in the gun. Two receivers to the left, two to the right. Des Smith behind him. Three alignment for Carroll. Snap. Slavin drops back. Throw. Completes to Grant Heyer at the 40 and wrestled out of bounds. Right where he caught it by Aaron Stewart. Grant Heyer, second reception of the game. Clock stops at 38,
0: and this is huge for the Spartans. They've got it. They have a little bit of time. 25
2: seconds left on the play clock. Get something going. It's loud here at Carroll Field. Neon Nation shaking the stands. Third and six at the 41. 38 seconds left. Slavin in the gun. Three receivers to the left. One to the right. Snap. Drops back. Looking left, has Anderson open, past the 30, 25, and what a completion between Slavin and Anderson to the 22. First and 10, 32 seconds left. And it looks like Slavin's ready to spike it. Getting everybody to the line, clock rolling, and he will spike it with 28 seconds left. Second and 10 at the 22 coming up. What a game we have. My goodness, Homestead's going down the field as fast as they can. Nate
0: Anderson with the most beautiful comeback route had into quadruple coverage,
2: looked like he was going for the streak, came back, stopped, and made a huge gain for the Spartans. Second and ten at the 22, 28 seconds left, Carroll up 17-10, two receivers each side, Slavin, snap, drops back, aim downfield to Anderson, in and out of the hands, and actually Sparrow was the intended target, he can't, he can't,
3: he can't,
2: but tight coverage from Jorge Valdez, making the big play on defense. 23 seconds left, third and 10. Jorge Valdez made the big play, knocked it out of Gay Sparrow's hands. Spartan energy's here. Third and 10 at the 22 for Homestead. Two receivers each side. Slavin looking toward the sideline. 23.3 ticks left on the clock. Carroll leads 17-10, 49th meeting. Can the Chargers Break the seven-game winning streak. Slavin, snap, drops back. Plenty of time. Short throw. Completes a sparrow at the 20 and knocked down. Short of the first down marker at the 17-yard line. Timeout taken by Homestead. And a fourth and five coming up with 15 seconds left. This, this right here, could be the play of the game. It, It has to be fourth and five.
0: Last chance for the Spartans on this drive most likely. Can they get the first down? If they have the first down, they only have maybe one or two more plays to get into the end zone. If I'm Coach Zulman, I might just be calling a shot to the end zone right here with Carroll maybe not expecting it as much as they would on the next play.
2: And what a week of football we have, by the way. Looking at some scores around the SAC. Lures leads 41-38 over dwinger in the fourth quarter. Northside down now. Southside has put together quite the comeback, 19 unanswered points, and Wayne leads 28-26 over Concordia. What a week. And that's what happens when you have rivalry
0: week in high school football all around Fort Wayne. Everyone's going
2: crazy in some close games. And then final score, the only non-close game of the week, Snyder winning 42-12. Now back to this game, 15 seconds left. Carroll leads 17-10. Fourth and five, what can Homestead do? Can they get five yards and keep this game alive? Or does Carroll make the stop and snap the streak? Slavin in the gun, three receivers to the left, one to the right. Desmith behind him, man coverage showing for Carroll. Snap, Slavin, drops back, takes himself past the 20, 15, near side. He goes out of bounds short of the first down marker. He went out of bounds under his own power, short of the line to gain. Slavin made a huge mistake, and Carroll comes up with the stop. Unbelievable.
0: Peyton Slavin had some room, elected to go out of bounds to avoid the big hit. Just two yards shy of the first down
2: on fourth and five huge mistake by the junior quarterback. And Carroll showing some great sportsmanship. Patting Slavin on the back of the helmet. Even though these two teams are rivals, a lot of respect between these two. And Carroll, Neon Nation, be happy with your team. They did it. Becker lining up in the favorite formation of any coach in football. He takes the knee and Carroll snaps the seven game winning streak Defeating Homestead 17-10. to And Neon Asia going crazy. They know this win
0: is huge. And with the way the games are shaping up around the SAC, if Dwenger can pull off the win, Carroll is right in the front of contention for
2: the SAC title. What a fantastic game. Really, if you're a Homestead fan, you just have to look at this game and be happy with how amazing it was to watch. Back and forth they went. At one point, Carroll had a 14 point lead. Homestead came back late and made this a ball game on that last drive. But Carroll, right at the end, that defensive stop cutting Slaven short of the line to gain. What a ball game! An instant classic here at Carroll Stadium. And you know, that's just rivalry week. Homestead versus Carroll, you know you're going
0: to get a thriller no matter what sport it is. And coming down to the final seconds of this football
2: game. I mean, you could have asked for anything more exciting. And we're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned for the O.P.S. Spartan Football post-game show. Once again, the final score: Carroll seventeen, Homestead ten. We'll be right back to look over stats, observations of the game, and scores around the S.A.C. As the remaining four games wrap up, we will be right back after these short messages.
3: The Point is WCYT 91.1 Lafayette Township, Fort Wayne, a broadcast service of Homestead High School, presented by Homestead Media Online at WCYT.org. The Point 91 FM, where music is the point. Casa Italian Restaurants, with four Fort Wayne locations, West Jefferson Boulevard, DuPont Road, Parnell Avenue, and Stellhorn Road. Featuring their Casa Burro salad, brick oven pizzas, and over 30 pasta selections. Dine in or carry out available, or let Casa cater your next special occasion. Menus and information at casarestaurants.com. Casa Italian Restaurant, a proud sponsor of Homestead Media.
4: And now, let's head back out to the stadium for more Homestead Spartan football, right here on the Point 91FM
2: and welcome back to Carroll Stadium for the OBS post game show after Carroll's gigantic win over rival Homestead 17-10 on Carroll's new turf. What a fantastic game it was and in the end it was Carroll who just barely hung on for dear life to take the win. I mean,
0: you could see the shaping up the entire game. In the first half it was just turn like they were out both teams were out turnovering each other, and it was getting excited. And then the second half, during the third quarter, I believe there were four unsportsmanlike or late hit penalties, and you could tell the players were getting into this game. They were getting excited. They're getting in each other's face, and that's when you knew it was going to be a classic.
7: Yeah,
6: tension tension just kept on building up all throughout this game, and Carroll able to get that nice victory, which was a little bit of a surprise, as they were struggling early on. Or not not a surprise. They were trying to get that, or the lead was should have been even bigger as they made mistakes in the red zone multiple times. It looked like it would be 21-3 at one point during this game, and they were not able to get that lead, but still able to get that 17-10 win. Between two teams who all year long
2: you look at – Their most impressive facet of the game, it's been offense, offense, offense. Homestead Hayden into this, averaged 38.7 points per game. That's third in the SAC. And Carroll, 43 points per game. at second in the SAC. Both of those only behind Bishop Lures. And this was really a defensive battle. You look at the final score and you have to ask yourself, was that really... Carol Homestead, are you sure that wasn't Wayne Concordia? Seventeen ten. I mean, it was quite the battle, kind of the inverse of what the crowd expected. But regardless, what a game it was! Even in a defensive slugfest, the the intensity was there. Just what a game! Because and it's not like both
0: teams didn't have offense. I mean, Homestead got into the red zone twice and it was only when they were only able to get three points out of it. Homestead had a huge two huge turnovers in the red zone. In the first half, so there was definitely some offense, just no scoring abilities. And you said you wouldn't recognize Homestead Carroll. I mean, after watching the game last year that ended seventy to forty-one with a Homestead victory, you completely flipped the script to a defensive outing, all about defense, all about forcing the turnover, all about just making the big stops in a seventeen to ten game. I mean, it was some good football. I'll say that.
6: Yeah, and it was really just all about the ability to not capitalize and the defense making big plays. Because when you look at Carroll's normal yardage, they were just short of that, just 30 yards short of their average yards per game. But they are 30 points less than their normal points per game. That just shows you something, something with the turnovers going on throughout this game.
2: And looking at some other scores in the SAC, right now a lot of the games are still folding out. And, man, they're so close. We might update you a few times throughout this postgame show on how they're going right now. told you earlier, Snyder took the win 42-12 to over Northrop. Not much of a surprise there, but Snyder taking the belt back after Northrop upset them last year.
0: And that's a huge win for Snyder's. They're looking to stay in uh, SAC win contention. Snyder, their only loss coming to the Carroll Chargers so far this season. They got the big win over Homestead two weeks ago and then they go and play Bishop Lures coming up that's going to be a huge game if Bishop Lures ends up winning or losing this game
6: yeah a really nice win for Snyder being able to stay in the race for the SAC title along with Carroll and Lures.
2: and both you guys talked about Lures right now they're in quite the battle with Bishop Dwanger. score currently 41 to 38 an instant classic starting to build over there at Shields Field at Bishop Dwanger. What a game that is, and it's so important because Lures undefeated. They control their own destiny in the conference. All they have to do is win out. But if they lose to Dwanger, suddenly teams like, well, Carol, have an opportunity to claim the belt.
0: And Snyder too, as well as those, as both Snyder and Bishop Lures are yet to play against each other, and that's huge. If Lures loses this game, drops down to a one-loss team, it that's going to be the game for the SAT title at that point.
2: And looking at some other scores, right now South Side up 26-21 over North Side. That's a battle between two teams that kind of played underwhelming this year. But how about South Side with the second half that they are they are having right now? They were down 21-7 after leading seven nothing. So at first North Side they had 21 unanswered, and now Southside 19 unanswered as they take the lead back. And last week, stamina was a huge question about
0: Northside. They got off to a booming start on offense in the first quarter. At one point, almost making it a 14-13 lead before fumbling the ball within the five-yard line. And it seems like the, it seems to be the same problem this week—just stamina of the offense running out against Southside. And I mean, South—the Archers were able to capitalize and go on a 19-point run.
6: Yeah, it's just the game of runs going for that totem pole. And right now Lures and Dwanger, of an intense battle, really gonna be a deciding factor at the end of this SAC race.
0: And the SAC race just depends so much on both the Homestead versus Carroll game tonight and the Lures versus Dwanger game, which is still unfolding as we speak. The two biggest rivalries I'd say in the SAC, and they are proving to be the two best games. This one coming down to the wire and Bishop the Battle of the Bishops
2: as well. Right now, that Bishop-Dwinger game, 35 seconds left. Dwinger has the ball down three, so quite the exciting game going on there. Really quite the game in the conference. We're going to take a quick break, give you some more updates after this. We will be right back with more of the OPS postgame show after this.
3: Marcus Pizza. Located at 10345 Illinois Road, inside the shops of Scott Road. Marcos specializes in pizza, subs, and more. Order online at marcos.com or by phone at 625-6800. Thank you, Marcos, for supporting the Point 91 FM and being a proud sponsor of Homestead Media's athletics coverage. The Point is WCYT 91.1 Lafayette Township, Fort Wayne. A broadcast service of Homestead High School. Presented by Homestead Media Online at WCYT.org. The Point 91 FM, where music is the point.
1: Manchester University. Offering more than 70 areas of study, including the health sciences, accounting, business, teacher education, and the arts. Student-athletes compete in 20 NCAA sports for men and women. And co-curricular activities include esports, marching band, and other musical ensembles. Learn more at manchester.edu.
3: Support for Homestead High School Athletics comes from Jason Corner, CFP, your Edward Jones Financial Advisor, at 7329 West Jefferson Boulevard. For more information, visit edwardjones.com. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Moe's Southwest Grill, located at 6739 West Jefferson Boulevard, next to Dunkin' Donuts, Baskin Robbins. Specializing in Southwestern foods like burritos, tacos, and nachos. For full menus and to order online, go to Moe's.com. Moe's Southwest Grill, a proud sponsor of Homestead Media. And now, let's head back out to the stadium for more Homestead
4: Spartan football, right here on the Point 91 FM.
2: And welcome back to the OPS Post Game Show. After Carroll's 17-10 win over Homestead, I'm Bray Carroll, joined by Anthony Gary and sideline reporter Noah Jill Hannings-Meyer. And really, you look at the first half of play, and it was pretty much dominated on the offensive end by Carroll with 184 yards. But then both teams kind of stagnated a little bit as Carroll had 80 less yards in that second half of play, but they still got the job done. Under 300 yards, both teams were below their average on the offensive end. It was really a defensive battle in this game, which wasn't quite expected. We expected a whole lot of points.
6: Yeah, and Homestead had 23rd down conversion attempts. Carroll really playing great defense, not allowing chunk plays from the Homestead offense.
0: And that's really what ended up killing Homestead in the long run. 23rd downs, which makes for 23rd downs that they had to try to convert into first downs. I mean, when you're running that many plays on offense you're going to wear down your offensive line which you could see that throughout the game they slowly and slowly the blocks were not being as effective you could tell Nate Anderson Gage Sparrow especially were getting tired out on the field Peyton Slavin as well they all just they were on the field for a lot of the game and really those third downs and all the time taken off from them just ended up hurting Homestead.
2: When you look at the offensive end for Homestead, it seemed like there were a lot of mistakes made here and there, especially when it came to Peyton Slavin and the receiving core. There were a lot of drop passes, a lot of throws that weren't quite there to either Anderson or Sparrow. Really, that offensive end, had the offense had so much potential, had so many opportunities to put more than 10 points on the board, but in the end... They just could not capitalize in those big moments. In the
0: pregame interview with Peyton Slavin, I asked him about how he would handle the, how he'd handle the nerves and the tension built up inside of Carroll Stadium. And he said you just, ha- you just have to settle in, and I don't think Carroll really gave Homestead the chance to settle in. I mean, Slavin was on his toes all night, always receiving blitzes it felt like from Tucker Steely, and he really didn't have much time to get comfortable in the game at all.
6: And penalties were a big story throughout this game. Carroll having five for a total of 40 yards and Homestead having seven for a total of 70 yards.
0: And yeah, the penalties, they ended up hurting. They hurt both teams. I'd I'd say a lot of unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, which is going to happen in a rivalry matchup. I get that. But there were some things that didn't need to be said to refs uh, on both Carroll and Homestead. Ended up hurting both teams, but... I mean, it ended up hurting Homestead, I guess, more in the long run.
2: I actually talked to Coach Zolman in that pregame game interview about penalties. I said specifically that Homestead had improved against Northside in limiting those extracurricular penalties, those unnecessary penalties. But in this game, they sort of came back and came back to haunt the Spartans in a big way.
6: Yeah, and the Lures-Dwanger game coming down to the final seconds. As Lures is getting into field goal range, that is such a big game
2: over there between Lures and Dwenger. Of course, if Lures wins, puts them in prime position to win the conference. If Dwenger wins, then suddenly the conference becomes in anybody's control. Now let's take a look at some scores in college football as well. Might as well cover all facets of football right now. Iowa, the number five team in the nation, leads Maryland. with 53 seconds left in the third quarter. And BYU leads 10-3 over Utah State early in the first. So, not many surprises there.
6: My Iowa-Maryland pick looking real good.
2: It's such an important game. Such an important week, I should say, in the SAC. Lures in a tight battle. Carroll was in a tight battle. And we're going to actually go ahead and wrap things up here on the postgame show. Any final thoughts, guys, after the big win for Carroll?
0: And I just like to say thank you to all of our listeners at home. It's undetermined where the sectional location will be for the Spartans. If it's at home, we I will not at first. and I will not be on the WCYT call again for the rest of the season. As the last two remaining games for the Spartans are home games. Just thank you to all of our listeners at home.
6: Yeah, and just a great win for Carroll to be able to stay in the SAC title race. Getting this narrow victory over their rivals, the Homestead Spartans, who they have not been able to beat in recent years. Once again, your
2: final score from Carroll Stadium. The Chargers take the win 17 10 over the Homestead Spartans, snapping Homestead's seven game winning streak and bringing the Spartans down to four and three on the season, while Carroll levels up to six and one on the year. That will do it here on WCYT.org. Join us next week at home when Homestead hosts the Wayne Generals. That game will be here on WCYT as well as on YouTube at Homestead High School Media. I'm Brian Carroll signing off from Carroll. Have a great weekend.